Mike, turn your games down. Hi, we have another comic episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbardson, and who's falling out of city with me tonight? A member of the Purple Dragons, Purple Fox. <laughs> Welcome back. And we are continuing our TMT coverage after the comic IDW series. We've done a few others. Go check those out. I'm not going to look them up because I don't want to. <laughs> and because a couple aren't published at the time of this recording, but you will go see them in the catalog. Just go find them. There are four others for you to go listen to so far. This is the fifth one of that series. And this time we have gotten to a city fall, like the, the big freaking arc. I feel like so far issues 22, we're talking about to issue 28. And then we're covering a bunch of the villain micro series that we didn't cover issue three through eight in this episode. So that's what you get to spoilers for something that came out, you know, and you're over 10 years ago. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I never read this. I've seen it, you know, cause you, you sent like, I know I said this before you sent me the whole timeline, you know, <laughs> years ago. And let's just say I, this wasn't what I, this was better than I expect. I did hey, not better late than never. So like the, the first cover of, of the issue of this, of this arc has Rafi, that Raf, yeah, Raphael falling through glass upside down on the cover. And which, what does that remind you of? The first movie, right? That's right. Okay. Except he doesn't fall through glass in this or get tossed through a roof or put in a bathroom. Mm, no, none of the above, but I guess a nice callback if that's what they're going for. Yeah, it probably is. And some damn cool covers. This is one of the things I wish I would have collected this comic, except I would have spent a ton of money on all, all these freaking issues. <laughs> There's so many issues with oh, this yeah. book. I mean, I got collected editions now. Yeah, and I kind of wish I was buying the trades, but if I started buying the trades, I'd want to go back and buy everything we already covered, and I, I don't want to go down that road. Yeah, no, I Plus, I don't that. really buy comics. I mean, I have Sandman. The, Sandman's the only thing I'm actually buying the whole collection of. Because mm. Sandman's, yeah, <laughs> something else. So, all right, this this issue, so I have a, I, as I said right before the recording, I have a complaint. So this issue starts off, you have Shredder complaining about their enemies and how, you know, he mentioned, oh, so the Savante found a new leader, which is from the French ninjas from that issue that we didn't actually read the annual. But <laughs> <laughs> <Yep. laughs> I just couldn't bother to be bothered with. I didn't like the art style. This irritated me because it, it makes it, I mean, you can introduce the Savante, I think, what, one other time in the series? Very <sighs> I, I mean, they, they kind of sprinkle in their existence in a few issues. I mean, that one that's mentioned in the annual is, is like the first time. Well, that and when they find the one that the, the um, Sabate that's dying. Oh, yeah. And then that issue to where they find a new leader is like the most attention they get. And I will say this. It's kind of in, in uh, consequential for the most part, because no. <laughs> as, as time goes on, like, yeah, it will matter to an extent. But ultimately, I feel the Sabate are kind of forgettable, not villains, but a forgettable group of characters oh yeah i mean i can my guess is by after reading this whole city fall that i won't see them again anytime so <laughs> i don't know i just it bothered me because it makes them like i thought they were going to be more of a threat because you know they're these french guys that are ninjas and you know they're fighting the foot and trying to take control of the city but like their part in this just doesn't matter they're irrelevant i don't know it kind of like I, I expected more they're so they're they're played up to be like the foot's big foil other than the, you know the turtles themselves but like another gang that kind of rivals the foot yet you don't really feel that impact you don't feel their threat they didn't really build them up well enough for anyone anyone to like really care and then you have a one page of where it says city fall part one where you have shredder and kisune standing on the on the balcony looking down and just says he just says we're going to embrace our destiny even though later on he changes it to embrace embrace his destiny because yeah. he's an asshole 
be this is true. So they really <laughs> love this shot here. I mean, it is very nice. It's very appealing. Very cool shot. Kitsune and, and Shredder. Mm-hmm. If you notice, they not only did they do it with Shredder one other time when he was resurrected, but they did it with Hob also. Oh, okay. I don't remember that with Hob. Yeah, he's looking at the, I don't know if you want to say the skyline, but yeah, he's looking down on the city. When okay, it's the skyline uh, is right. Micro. Huh. Okay, I did not catch that. I also don't like Hop. <laughs> we'll get I still don't. Him, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well you're, not, you're not really supposed to for the most part, but we'll get into that. Yeah, I, I got issues. <laughs> and then it, and then this issue also does some things that I wasn't expecting. So before this, you had told me, you know, you're like, Casey Jones' father's going to play a lot bigger part than you think. And I'm like, I mean, we're not going to get into that until after the break, more so. But I mean, this is all like the same kind of deal with Chad and... And another character that I've mentioned to you, it's it's like you really can't take characters for granted in the series, which is great. That means that most more often than not, they're they're useful. They play a purpose other than I mean, not so much the Sabate. <laughs> I thought they did. I really thought they were going to be something to rival them. And they just we'll talk, we'll get there. But yeah, it just uh, didn't appreciate me. I didn't appreciate no. it. And then you, you see Raphael and Casey, they because Casey Jones has been living with the turtles for a few issues now. So it's been like, I guess a couple months, he, you know, he left his father. Finally got tired of getting beat up. It's in the sins of the father one that we skipped over back then. Cause we didn't realize what we were, I didn't realize that this, what, what my plan was going to be. And they see him, they see he's a drunk and they just leave him there. And then they get attacked by a bunch of foot. So a bunch of foot and they, they fight normal, but they get their asses beat and Casey gets knocked out and Raphael gets tied up and they both get thrown in a van and driven off. And I did not expect how much of a play this was going to, you know, how important this was to what's coming. Because, you know, they ha- they catch them, but they don't, they, Raphael isn't, t- like, they do this on purpose. They don't tie him right, so that way he can, because they know he's strong. So he breaks free from the rope, escapes the van, and jumps out, and they're like, everything's going to plan. <laughs> yeah, and if you notice, like, when they're getting, they're, they're thrown in the van, this is the second time that I can recall that Raphael has had duct tape on his face. In any continuity. Hmm. First time was in the second movie. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's been a while. When, uh, when, when was it? When they, I want to say when they caught him in the junkyard? Yeah, something with the, I know he's tied up in the junkyard and he has tape and then he's, and they uncover it and, and then Donatello puts it back or mm-hmm. something. Yep. Oh. So that, that reminded me of it when he's on the ground getting duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then you, you get back to the turtles, you see, them just kind of hanging out. Leo's training with Splinter and the rest are just kind of doing whatever. And this is when Raphael shows up and he's freaking out. He's like, they got Casey. And the thing I want to point out is they still, the, the bandana, especially for Leo and Raphael, kind of kept that seek, the secret history of the foot type style where they're still very aggressive. Uh, well, let's, it is toned down a little bit. And and in, when I read this one, I didn't feel they were as noticeable. Like, yeah, they were a bit different than the, than like Donnie's who's in the next panel or whatnot. And, and Mikey's even. But they're way more toned down. Like the other. Yeah, it's not as bad, but foot. yeah, I did notice the sharp edges and, you know, but yeah. And I just I thought that was interesting because I wasn't expecting that. And I like how you kind of see, you know, some of like the dynamic between Raphael and Leo where Raphael's getting just pissed off because, you know, his best friend is <laughs> got kidnapped and is probably going to get killed. I mean, they know it's a trap. but He's like, we got to go save him. And, you know, you get to see Splinter kind of, you know take over and be like, hey, we're going to go rescue him. We just have to be, we just got to be smart about it. And I like this. And then you, and then on the dock, you see Alapex and Karai with Casey Jones just sitting on the dock. They just, you know, they're just, you know, they set the trap and they're just waiting. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, everybody knows it's a trap. (laughs) 
I mean, they're well aware. I mean, and this is then you have also you have a, you have a lot of stuff happening at once. Like you have, which I like this. You have Donatello and Michelangelo go underwater to you know to be the amphibious part. You have Angel who's leaving the bar, which we haven't seen for a little bit. Ends up running into April because she sees that you know she sees them around, so she starts talking to him, find out what's going on, and finds out Casey Jones in trouble. And this is when you have you know Shredder shows up, and this is just fucking in. Okay, this is not what I expected. So. You know, they know it's a trap. He tells them, like, hey, I got Casey Jones right here. Come and get him. And then and cause, because, you know, he wants to make sure that they come, he stabs Casey Jones right in the gut with his claws. <laughs> That's uh, and, and they gave it a damn near or they gave it its own page. So or damn near. Yeah. Almost its own page. And when I first saw that first time reading it, it, it shocked the hell out of me. I was like, this is picking up. At this point. <laughs> that, that's how that's how you really kick off a new storyline. And it fucking does like this isn't I mean, this this whole arc, it starts the intensity and it doesn't stop at all. And, and you got to think, too, like, yeah, the, the humans are being used as the damsel in the stress kind of deal. And usually that's April's April's role. In Casey yes. is now in that in that role, which is not very common for that character. No, and it but it's really cool. It was really cool to see that. I liked it not being, you know, following the stereotype of the damsel in distress and having it be Casey. Nope. Yeah, Somebody who Casey. can defend himself, didn't have that opportunity as he was jumped, and now he's dying on the ground at, at the docks. Yeah, and you have Raphael just fucking lose it. <laughs> so, and that's the, the exact type of uh, character reaction they should have had. Yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, I mean, they know it's a trap, but they don't understand what's actually happening. Like, you have Karai and Alapex talking, like, okay, you know, separate, keep the prey separated from the herd, and, you know, make sure we get him, you know, distract him. And, like, they're all just trying to capture Leo, but you don't know that. Ultimately, the turtles in this instance, they, they're trying their best, like you said before, with the amphibious assaults and, and everything, and yet none of it ultimately matters, because they end up failing. They, they still lose Leo. They, yeah. Casey is still gravely wounded. What we should mention is when they when these Donnie and Mike get out of the um, <laughs> the water, <laughs> an amphibious assault. Shredder says, "And oh, we're reptiles, doofus." <laughs> What's Again. funny? He's like, "Not what he means, Mikey." Yeah, yeah. Great I really got a kick out of everybody. That. that was funny because again, he knew what they were doing. Like he's like, "Oh, not surprised." Like you know, he's Ooh. like, "I know it was a trap, and I know you're gonna try to do something different." So it was just, it was funny. I I really got a kick out of how it went. And I, I really like the way the turtles are in this a lot. And then you have you have Angel who helps get Casey Jones out of there. Splinter's, you know, busy with Raphael. And then you see Leo gets hit in the back of the head by a dart. And they knock him out. And then they realize Leo's missing, but they still have, but they can't, you know, they have to save Casey. They don't get him to the hospital. Fucker's dead. So it's, it's a hell of an opening. Yeah, the stakes are immediately high at this point. Yeah. And I was very surprised and i was like i was i was in i was in after this i was like all right i am in i actually read uh, i think i read five parts in a row which is not what you should do and then i went and read the villain micro stuff oh no no you gotta read yeah order. i oh, trust me we'll, we'll get there i, I regretted it because <laughs> i missed something so and then the next issue this brings us to is if you follow the timeline is old hop which again the villain micro series which is surprisingly these are good I wouldn't have thought it would be like good, them. but they are. A lot of them are similar in a sense, just because it's, you know, from the first person point of view of the character itself. 
but good, good. I mean, and there's so much extra story. I mean, Hob didn't feel as necessary as the others do. I mean, a bunch of the others feel completely necessary for this art. Hob just gives you Hob's background. Well, Hob matters for a very long time. He's still relevant where I'm at in the comics today. Okay. Damn. So for them to give him some type of origin means it, it makes sense if they're going to keep him around that long. Okay, so I'm, I'm I'm guessing that where you're at, the Savante are not uh, not an issue anymore, or not not relevant. They're not in any issues anymore. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> okay, I mean, so Hobbs just starts off with Hobbs on a roof. He's talking to someone you don't know who. Obviously, I already knew who it was even before this. I'm like, was only one mm-hmm. person he could be talking to. Is he talking to Slash? Right. And he's telling Slash about his past. And this hit me. This ep- this episode. This part actually hit me. Kind of like, okay, this is sad. Like. It shows him as a cat, and he's in some apartment, you know, playing with, with, a, with he as a human, a human kid, and he's happy. And his mother just gets pissed off because the kid forgets to do the litter box. I mean, and you can tell, like, you know, by, by her outfit, you know, she's probably a waitress, and she's working a lot, and probably a single mother. But still, she takes the fucking cat and throws it outside in, in the winter in yep. front of the kid. No remorse. And just like, well, you didn't, change, you didn't clean the litter box, so you get to, you get to watch your, your love die. <laughs> You'll learn. Like, ooh. Just fucking cold. I don't know. That, that kind of hit me. I think it also hit me because one of my cats was abandoned on a farm that I have now. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's not mention the uh, 18, 19 different cats you've had growing up. <laughs> I don't think it was that many, but it was a lot. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was like probably eight. not far off. <laughs> I think it was eight or nine because she got more. I, I'd already by the time I left, by the time she got more. So, oh, yeah. When I still hear, I thought she even got more recently. <laughs> she got another one. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that kind of equates damn near to about 18-ish. <laughs> Not far off, to be honest with you. Uh, I could do the math, but I don't want to right now. So, And then you, you, you see Hob, you know, shows him fighting a dog and trying to find food. And, you know, and he's learning to survive on the street, which, again, any animal, you know, really will do. They'll, they'll adapt. I mean, humans will do the same thing. Well, most will. Some will just die because they don't have survival instincts, I guess. But the average, the average creature, living creature, will do its best to survive because it's human. It's it's in our nature. It's in every creature's nature to survive. And you you know you get to see the scene from his point of view where he sees the turtles and he's like food, you know. And he goes to the turtles and it, it talks about how you know the rat winter bites him in the eye and all that and how that happened and how he transformed. Except my guess is when did a human touch him because it's not how you transform, but eh, that's or that just some of the eighty seven cartoon. No, that that I don't think that's relevant in this here. It, it's okay. because you got ooze, which I think they kind of clarify it later in the series. But you get the purest form of it, which is the ooze from Utram, unrefined. That's what has its the healing properties that that allows you to not only heal limbs and grave wounds, but it can also be resurrected due to that ooze. Okay. Uh, the refined version is the mutagen that Stockgen has produced, uh, mm. which the turtles have come in contact with. Okay. Okay, it's been it's been a bit, and I and I I, I have to remember always in the back of my head that anything from the '87 cartoon cannot, probably not as canon at all anymore. So forget. Yeah, yeah, erase your memory. Like if you had a neuralizer from MIB, now's the time to use it. <laughs> I know '87 cartoon is so. Oh God, I'll never go back and watch it because I can't. Because it's fucking awful if you're an adult. It's impossible. It was a great eighty. It was a great eighty eight, eighty nine, ninety, or whatever. I watched it as a kid in the early nineties, but woo, it ain't good now. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't age well. But I, I like this. I like seeing Hob transform and you know hearing how he felt and what happened to him, and then him running into Baxter and Chet right away, and then they 
you know, lie to him and say, oh, okay, we'll take care of you. And then you just see how, like, he's being, you know, experimented on, but tortured at the same time, essentially, to see what he can take. What gets me is, like, this is one of those times where you get to see a mutant transform right then and there and yeah. then go into a speaking role with someone. And he not only has an accent immediately, but he understands and can speak English the whole time, right yeah. away. I like that so, a lot. I don't know how that works. Is it because they absorb the English being around humans? I, I my my guess is it's something that as a you know as a cat in this area he already would have heard language, but now his brain can understand it. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, so I think that would be the same way. Like if somebody you know like you have kids that are bilingual that live you know in a family that you know speaks Spanish, for example, and then they go to school and they're around people that speak English and they end up learning both languages pretty easily. Where my dumbass can't learn another language because I only grew up with one language. Right, I, but at the same time, they have practice understanding language, and, and they yeah, no, speak I, it. But you know, I maybe thinking too far. I'm sure. So. <laughs> no, you're more realistic. <laughs> but I think that's kind of the concept of it. Like you know, because of what the ooze did to him, and how much the ooze changes him. Yeah, like, like you said, like if since they are around the language for that amount. That's what of I was time, thinking. So but I also didn't think much about it. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I like how he realizes how cold Stockman is while he's experimenting on. He makes comments out. He's like, I was just, a lot, you know, I didn't matter. Stockman didn't care if he was doing experiments and tortures and, you know, and like causing me pain. He didn't care about anything. He had no emotion. Like, I, I like that. Yeah, I like he, that he realizes Stockman's garbage. It, it lets you see just how cunning he is. And cats are, are known for what? Usually being cunning, cunning mm-hmm. and sneaky. So it, it just builds more character for him. And that no matter what, he's going to try to come out on top and get his way. Yeah, and it, it does a good job of also answering a question that I had. Like, you get to see how Hobb was like, okay, Hobb got money from Baxter. And he went and, you know, got an army. And he just found thugs and he paid them. He beat the shit out of people. And he just had another game, uh, you know, one of many gangs that are in the city. And he has a thing for building an army. And <laughs> yep, You hear army a lot. Well, that's what Hobb is all about. So he his first army is... Here with a bunch of humans. So that, that was it. Yeah. They're almost <laughs> animals themselves. But, you know, he, he learns from that experience and, and takes it and just more and more as he experiences his relationships with all these humans. He realizes he can't trust them. Not that he's to be trusted, really. But <laughs> he realizes that humans cannot be trusted. And they usually have their their interest in mind more so than any mutant ever. Yeah. I mean, like you said with him, he can't be trusted either. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the thing with Hobb too. So it's like Hobb is usually, you know, for 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 mutants, for mutant rights, and and he does play that throughout the series. You'll see a lot of that as things go along. But he he not only like double crosses humans, but mutants also. So he's just overall not always the best guy, as you see in this arc too. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm not a fan of Hobb. I'm going to say that right now. I'm not a fan of Hobb, <laughs> but he works well for this, so I won't. You know. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, maybe the writing's working. Then I mean, you're supposed it, to it hate is. him. He's supposed to be a villain. So <laughs> I mean, I like how you see, you know, where the the gang is fighting the turtles, and you know, they're, you know, and that and they get their ass beat by the turtles because again, the turtles are you know well trained ninjas from a past life. Like it makes sense that you can't beat them. <laughs> right. And then you you get to see the scene. You know, it goes all the way up to where he gets shot by Baxter. I think we saw one of the other comics. Where he was working with Baxter, and Baxter's like, okay, we're done with you, and just shoots him. But he yeah. tricked him by keeping Splinter's blood that he took, and he had ooze, so he was able to heal himself when they shot him, which I like. I thought that was really good. And then the issue ends with, which is continued with the other, the next issue we're going to talk about, where the turtles then run into Hob on top of the roof. And of course, they don't trust him. <laughs> and as you can see, no Leo. 
Yeah, I wonder why. Hmm. We don't really get a whole. We haven't gotten it's not till the next issue that in this in this storyline that really explains what that happened. So this issue, what is this? Twenty three is really damn good. And one of the alternate covers is the oh, is, it, is it Peter Laird or which guy? Is, which style is that that has that? Or that East, that's Eastman style, right? Eastman is the artist too. Okay, where they have Leo tied up and all the foot around him and have that old style look to it, Eastman style. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I don't like that style a lot, but that's a cool cover. Yeah, it's we'll say that. Oh, and this that's is one of the four actually. This is a good. This is a good issue too. Like it starts off, they're trying to you know you have things parallel things happening. You have the turtles taking Casey Jones to the hospital, and then at the same time you have Shredder taking Leo wherever he's going. And I love that dynamic of seeing both the characters doing different things. And, you know, like there's one page that literally has, you know, it's two panels and it has Casey on the on the gurney. They're saying, oh, take him to the operating room. And then it has Shredder with Leo on a gurney saying, quickly, you fools. You know, and I just I yeah. love that parallel with Leo there in the middle, just laid out kind of like Casey is. Yeah, like it's just I was I was impressed. And it was nice, you know, and I also like how. The doctor is like, uh, we're getting getting a lot of sword wounds lately. Hmm, what's going on, guys? Right. And they're like, because <laughs> they don't want to tell them. They're like, oh, yeah, we don't know. what We have no idea what's happening here. No idea. Oh, I thought that was really cool. It, it, it was definitely something I enjoyed. And I did not see this coming. Like, you know, you have Kasoon with Shredder. And I think she's talking. I think he, he's talking about how I mean, this is where he says my destiny, Kasoon, because she says something about our destiny. And he changed it now. He's like, no, my destiny. Shredder's a fucking asshole. <laughs> and these two interact for a very long time in the comic very long and, and i'm still waiting for you to actually see what old kitsune really has okay i'm definitely interested and think about this part this part here where he says like all oh, my destiny and i mean shredder at this point thinks so small compared to the grand scheme of things okay kitsune in a way, is just holding everything back and just kind of laughing at Shredder for even saying anything like that. And you'll understand why later on. Okay. I figured, especially by the end of this arc, she has a lot more coming, and she's using Shredder just like he's using her, mm-hmm. is what my opinion is at this point. Sure. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely along the, the right lines. And I can't wait to see where it goes. And just, like, because this is also, you have the turtles are at their at their hideout at the church, and they have a big spray painting on the wall, East River, Midnight can help you hob and they're like hob knows and then you have you have so then you find out what kasoon is really up to where you have leo on a like a like a coffin or tied down to a table and you have then kasoon transformed into into her fox form and you have leo living nightmares which this was really odd to me it's not my favorite thing um i don't it's it's brainwashing in the mystical sense i don't know i i I don't really i i don't have the answer to where like they could have pulled this off any differently so i guess it works but it's not my favorite yeah i mean it makes sense i mean they had to do something and so you have you know him fighting the foot you have Blinner being just an asshole and torturing leo and shredder keeps saving him you have the scene from the leo miniseries a leo one shot where shredder is in that outfit and he saves him that's not what happened (laughs) i think the only alternative that i can personally think of is to set somebody off that way or that deep would be to have some type of like let's say false proof that maybe shredder had something that, or shredder Splinter had somehow allowed their mom to die or he he accidentally killed her he killed her or some shit like that but 
I, they were there for all that. So yeah, I guess I, it's really kind of dug themselves in a corner on that one, maybe. I guess they just, I mean, but at the same time, like she's, you know, she's using mystical powers to change everything. So he doesn't know what's real. And what's yeah. Real. Not my favorite, but I accept. Okay. And then you have Angel and April. Like I like how April's kind of like, so how do you know Casey or what's going on? <laughs> you know, cause she likes Casey, as you see, obviously. And I like having Angel back. And I thought that was cool. They brought her back. Well, I will say this, like Angel really doesn't like from anything I've read or gotten off the character doesn't really find him as a love interest. She always looks at him from what I see, like very close childhood friend, which, yeah. uh, which they are, or even like a brother in a sense. Yeah, I agree with that. But I feel like also with April, like she's going to be a little bit jealous. Oh, April. Yeah. I mean, she she might not understand their dynamic fully. Yeah. Plus, she just randomly met her. <laughs> so. And I, I got a kick. I mean, this was an interesting line where you, you see his father coming to the room. And right right when he walks by the door, you have it where Angel says, you know, it ain't right. April, a good guy like Casey don't deserve to suffer like this. But that loser dad of his sure as hell does. And his and dad he, just as walks being away. the coward that he is, turns right around and doesn't say a word. I bet she regrets those words, though. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> that had a big impact I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I was impressed. I know you're just itching. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to because it's not here yet. But yeah, and then you have you have a couple more of Leo and his nightmare dream fighting Slash. He he kills Slash fighting Krang in a really weird looking body armor, and it was very very strange. It's supposed to be some like nightmarish fever dream. You got to think too, like this stuff almost looks like I don't know if you remember Beavis and Butthead do America back in the '90s when they ate mush when they when they ate mushrooms. In the desert, like, their trip that they had looked a lot like this. Oh, okay. That's cool. Not what I expected, but cool. Well, I would say, like, if you're ever bored enough and you want to look it up on YouTube, just look up that one scene. Mushroom scene, desert, whatever. I don't think you'll, I'll ever you'll... be that bored. <laughs> you'll, you'll I don't like me as a butthead, but I'm kind of curious. So, okay, maybe. And then you have Hob. So you have a small scene of Hob, the turtles meeting Hob and, and Slash, and them talking about how he's like, hey, I'll, I'll take you to where Leo is. And then <laughs> it's, a, it's all bullshit. But yes, that's what you're kind of bullshit. That's what he's up to. And then the last part of the night, Leo's nightmare is you see Splinter in that stupid costume we talked about last episode and fighting him. The turtles are zombies for some reason. And then he finally wakes up and you have Kasoon holding a new bandana above him as he wakes up from his dream world, nightmare world. It's it's odd. <laughs> It wasn't what I expected, but I can imagine, like, if I was reading it, I'd be like, okay, I can't wait for the next issue. Now, I'm not 100% certain, but I think that could still be Slash's bandana that Leo was holding on him with him. Okay. He's going to end up wearing. I think it is, too, because Slash doesn't have it yet. But we didn't cover much. I don't know if you mentioned that, but uh, Hobbs' plan. Oh, I did not mention it. So that, that, um, he's he's kind of being a double agent here. Which you find out in this. I think it's this issue. Yeah, it's this issue. Just how conniving this guy is. Like, he sees an opportunity, good or bad, and he's going to roll with it and manipulate it any way he wants to. And this offer that he's throwing out to the Turtles and Splinter is an indication of that. (laughs) Where he's like, hey, I'll help you, and you can then join my army, and we can work together. And again, there's the army. Yep. I'm really curious, because you've been feeding that line to me since we first started reading these comics. So I'm very curious to see where that all goes. It has lasted for a bit too, so you'll you'll see what that's all about. Okay, I'm I'm definitely excited to because the, the next 
once we finish City Fall, there's not another really big arc until we get to Vengeance, which is what you've been talking about again, which ends with issue 50, which I can't wait. So, mm, okay. I mean, you think this is big? That yeah, is, no, I, I already have ideas. I just <laughs> think I will not bigger. click anything and read anything until that's the reason I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm saying far away from that until we get there. Yeah, if you if you somehow stumble across something, you are gonna regret it because <laughs> there's some big stuff in there. That's why I'm behaving. I, I don't look up anything about this. I, I, I stopped. I don't want to read anything. <laughs> and then issue 24 starts off with you have Karai training and she looked younger in this. So I couldn't tell this. I thought this was originally like a long time ago or not that long, but, you know, past when it really is just current day mm-hmm. or she's training with Katana. Shredder comes in. He's like, oh, you're using different type of techniques and this and that. And then he tells her, you know, they have a plan or something with the turtles. And you have a small scene, which I like this, where. Casey's in a dream because, you know, he's in a, you know, dying <laughs> and he's ta- and his mother's talking to him and telling him, you don't have to worry about your father anymore. He's no longer your concern. Just, you know, worry about yourself. I really like that. Decent scene. And then April hugs him when he wakes up. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, like, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I really like that. I was like, well, it probably hurts. And the good news I can say April's face was drawn correctly here. Looks good. I was happy. Yeah, it's not all grotesque and frog-like. <laughs> just that one damn, that one panel is so bad. Whoever that artist was. <laughs> I don't know. I, again, more parallels the way they do the art in this, where you have Angel and April looking at Casey, and then the next page down, or next page you would have turned, you have Donatello, Splinter, Raphael, and Hob looking down. Because he's showing them a warehouse, and he's like, hey, you know, Leo's in the warehouse. Like, how do you know? I just know. <laughs> yeah, and he says, what makes you think I'm lying? And they all look at him. Don't say a word. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then he just, he has like a, he has a snicker. Eh, well, I, ain't. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, like it completely makes sense. Like, why would they trust you, buddy? Like you just, you tried to kill them. You kidnapped their father. Like, <laughs> why should anybody trust you? He has all these reasons to not help them. I mean, Shredder's, I mean, Shredder Splinter still took his eye. I mean, that's, that right there is enough for him to, to double cross him or do what he's going to do. And I assume he never lets that go either. Yeah, you'll see as things go. I okay. mean, maybe never, never fully, maybe. And then there's a, a small scene that I really got a kick out of where Slash is all angry and then Mikey gives him, you know, like, here, you go have, a, have some candy. And he's like, candy. And he's just big smiles eating a candy bar. <laughs> Real Toka and, and Michelangelo-esque. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know. Which I, again, if I didn't, I would think this is Toka. Yeah, he looks like him a lot. I mean, he doesn't have the spikes on his shell anymore, which he did in earlier issues, right? Uh, I don't think Slash did. I thought he did. I don't remember. It wasn't that long ago, but I don't remember. Well, maybe not. But, yeah, I mean, he does look like is, a lot. Is Toka and Razor in this later? Want me to answer that? Yeah, it doesn't. That's not a... That doesn't matter. I mean, I don't want to know the context, but, yeah, I'm just curious if they sure, show sure. up. Sure, sure. Yeah, they're, they're in it. Okay. I, I mean, no, that's fine. Because, I mean, they're established Turtles characters. I was just curious. So. Not in a huge role, but they are in it. Okay, that's cool, though. That makes me happy. I look forward to getting there someday. Yeah, you got and a then, while, quite a bit. And then you have Hob leads them to the warehouse, and he's leading the way. He unlocks the door and says, you guys go first. They're like, why are you going you first? Know, they, yeah, they should have been way more suspic- suspicious about that. <laughs> His line is, they're like, what, no, what, no more leading the way? Hey, it's a dark room, and you got the pointy knives and sticks. I'll gladly follow. And then he, he shuts the door and locks it on him. And then, damn it, Hob, I knew you were full of crap. You say crap, little turtle. I say brain. You might be a bunch of death wish idiots, but I sure as hell ain't no dummy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he walks off. 
Oh, the other thing with the candy bar is Mikey said that he he only gave the turtle slash half the candy bar because he's saving it to try to poison Alopec because he's part dog. Yeah, <laughs> poison him with the chocolate. I don't think that's gonna yep. work anymore. They yeah, eat fucking that's, pizza. Uh, it might, it might still, <laughs> it might still work. Hell, my dog's eating so much chocolate. Not that I give it to her, she's freaking just when I when I was dumber and didn't realize. Oh wait, where did that candy bar go? I had? <laughs> so and she's fine. And we had her checked many times. She's just fine. So I don't think I don't think a little candy bar will kill it. But it was funny. Yeah, in the dark. Your dog is still breathing here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you you have them in the dark, and then all of a sudden the lights click on. You have Shredder, Alopex, and Karai. One thing I got to say is this arc really made Alopex stand out where she hadn't before. Like, she is in that Shredder arc that we read, a lot, Shadows of the Past, a little bit. But this is where she really, like, I didn't realize how much important part she is of his, you know, of his organization. Yeah, she's like the head enforcer. Yeah. Realistically. That was cool to see. I'm assuming she won't be at the by the end of City Fall, based on what that one of the last issues stuff happened. But <laughs> at the moment, yeah, like it was just impressed me. Like I didn't realize how important she was in this group. And this is where Shredder tells them, like, you know, they come there for Leo, and he's, you know, he's just telling them, like, hey, I'm taking over the city. And then you have a couple of pages where you see people in a gang with guns fighting ninjas and getting their ass beat. You have Savante fighting the foot, <sighs> fucking Savante. <laughs> and I like Incredible. how. Oh, and then. He, you see Splinter lose his temper. Yep, because he and says, as we know, he's, he's got those <laughs> anger issues from the past still that he's mostly uh-huh. mastered. But when he gets the notion that his son might be dead because Shredder's purposely being vague about it, he, he goes in for it. You know, he he makes it. He says, however, how, sadly, however, you will not be able alive to witness my ultimate triumph, Yoshi. Tonight, I end the nuisance you have presented to me over two lifetimes. And he says, return my son. He says, your son is no more, Yoshi. And yep. he fucking... Hear me now, devil. If I cannot have my son, I will have your head. <laughs> and he just jumps yeah, at him with he, a sword. He thought Leo was dead. I mean, what else? What other implication are you? Yeah. But this threw me. Because I, so you have, you have a sword, sword and sword clang. And if you, if you notice, Shredder don't have a sword. And then you see Leo. It says, I will not allow you to harm my master. Talking about Shredder. And he's wearing like a different, he's wearing a foot getup. He's got knee pads, shoulder pads, yeah. arm guards, everything. And he, has, and he has the black bandana, and he has the blue bandana tied to his sword. It's which doesn't last long. <laughs> no, but it was. Co- I was like, wow, because I, I mean, I knew that's what they were going for, because it's even sprinkled earlier in this where they mention where he's like, you know, where Shredder t- tells Karai, "I want Leo to be my second in command." Why he wants Leo, I still don't believe that. What the reason he gives at the end of this, I think he's lying to Karai, but we'll get there in the second part. But. I, I, I'm assuming he thought Leo, since he's a mutant, and because he's, you know, his arch nemesis son, that that's why he wanted him. I don't think it was ever a test. So that was my opinion. As far as, like, why Shredder wanted Leo? Yeah, I don't think it's... I Like, he makes it, as his, as his arc continues, he makes it sound like it was a test. Well, I don't I think, think it yeah, was a his, test. His motives are to... Well, I, th- I think it's multiple motives as far as, like, him wanting to sting his, his rival, being Shred- or Splinter, but also... He does believe in the skills of Leo. I mean, if he can match with Karai or, or even best her in most cases, why would he not want him as a second in command? Just him being his rival's son is, is the icing on the cake for him. That's manipulation. Yeah, and that was that was cool to see. I mean, I I just feel like he's lying all the time to people. I feel like Splinter is a master manip- not Splinter Shredder is a master manipulator. He is. He very well is. And then you see Leo kick Shredder in the face, gives him the bandana back, the blue bandana back, and just leaves him there. And then 
he takes out the rest of the turtles. All three of them, Raphael, Mikey, you know, Dantel go after him, and each each one gets their ass beat. Yep. And when Raphael goes for him, all of a sudden Leo has claws. He has the the claws like Shredder, but only two prongs that pop out, and then he uses that to disarm him. I thought that was good. And then he's gonna go kill Splinter, but Shredder says, "Leave him. You guys, you know, he's mine." And then you see them all fighting in the warehouse. But also, like, this is a key thing in this arc is that they don't want Leo to kill anybody. <laughs> You're saying reasons. as even though he's under Shredder, they don't want him to kill anyone. You're saying. Yeah, because I think they're worried that if he kills somebody, it will break the spell if it doesn't. The spell isn't fully taken in yet. I think is what it is. Not positive on that. I mean, do they do they cover that in the later issues? I... There's a comment about it. Yeah, where he they okay. don't want him to kill because if he kills before it's I've, about it being completely done. He could be un, it could be broken sooner. Okay. That's Makes why they don't want him thing. to kill. That's why they stop him multiple times from killing because they're worried need, that that will push him need, over. Need uh, time to set in. Uh... Yeah, and also I think based on the way this goes later on, Kitsune purposely did things to make it not work because she's trying to fuck over Shredder at the same time. Pretty sure because Kitsune is not his pawn like he thinks she is. And then as they're all cornered in the warehouse, you have Slash breaks through. And I love how the first thing he says is candy as <laughs> he starts beating the shit out of ninjas. <laughs> And he has the happiest look on his face as he slams his foot soldier <laughs> face first into the ground. Who's dead? Uh, that fucker's dead. Probably. Yes, if he I can mean, break through a wall, imagine that guy's body. Yeah, and you just got hit face first in the concrete. I mean, you're not, there's no way that guy's alive. And I, I doubt the foot's like, oh, hey, we better get this guy medical attention. They're probably like, eh, fuck right. him. <laughs> yeah, leave him here. <laughs> it, it's a good, it's a good scene. And then, and then they run up to see Hob and they're all pissed off. I'm like, hey, I. I said I would help you. I, I got you in there. I got you, Leo. I got you to see Leo. And I, hey, I got you out. <laughs> but Surrender doesn't you know, know that. Hob could have told them, hey, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know, <but> whatever. <laughs> He's like, I told the foot I could deliver you. And that did get the top dog off what off this cat's back. With what's coming to this city, that's priceless. It's not my fault. He didn't know I had another turtle up my sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, re- I really like that. And then you have a very solemn moment. The last panel is splinter holding a blue bandana and you right before that you have hob saying no luck getting the other little greenie back huh let me guess he went and got himself a new daddy right they're like not now just bad timing for for hob being such an asshole Uh and then and then it shows the next cover of the next issue which we're not going to talk we're going to talk about after the break and it has leo on the cover in his in his foot gear and i'm just like fuck that's a that's a fucking cool ass cover (laughs) oh Man, I, 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 that's why I couldn't stop reading City Fall. That's why I, I didn't follow the chronologically thing, and I just kept reading because I had to read more because it's so well. Damn. Now you know. Make sure you do it in order. <laughs> yeah, no, I won't. I don't think the next thing we do after City Fall will matter as much. Northampton, Ultram, Ultram Empire. I don't think that will matter from the look of it. So I don't remember much about that arc. So, but we'll see when we get into. it. Yeah, just based on the way the timeline is, I don't think it's too much, and I think they're two completely different things. So, but. Yeah, we'll get there. That so this brings us next to the two villain micro series. First one that we're going to talk about is Alopex. Which so when the, when we first when I first heard about that these existed, I'm like I don't give a shit. That that turned out to be wrong. <laughs> and this Alopex one I thought was really good to kind of to give you more on this character that I didn't care about. Like it starts well, off this, with yes, this is a character that you you might want to pay attention to. Oh, I definitely am. She, I mean this kind of lets you know that you should this is the first time like oh wait they get more plans with her but yeah she's she plays a very big role as time goes on so okay no it's none of its throwaway okay i didn't think i mean i'm <laughs> more we've been we've been talking about this and reading it i really have learned 
don't take anything for granted in this ser- in this series. No. Everything than, pays off. Everything has a purpose. Like this is not a throwaway anything. I mean, other than these guys that she's infiltrating here. Well, I, I figured that within and the first page. Know, but, but you never know. You I know. mean, they get killed in the first page. You, I mean, <laughs> before you know that. But I mean, it's just like you, you don't. You never know who to take for granted in this series. Yeah. And even then, people come back from the dead how many times already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have. Like this was cool. Or you get to see Alopax is talking about how there's some ninjas who are betraying shredder and selling secrets you know about the foot she busts into this you know corporate area and i love how she comes up the ninja she said you know this isn't a fair fight so she she gives them weapons of what the turtles use even though one of the turtles is on their side now and blindfolds herself says you use the weapons i'll stay blindfold let's fight (laughs) the thing i was thinking about if these ninjas weren't trained these weapons i'm assuming a sigh or a nunchuck you have to be well trained or it wouldn't it wouldn't be a very effective weapon well, I think this is free, like Leonardo, because oh, I mean, good. okay, yeah, yeah, because Leo's not in this, is he? He's not. Oh, okay. I didn't think about that because I was following the timeline. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, never mind. But this is where you see how vicious she is. You know, she has the one guy corner, and he's like, "Just let me go. He won't know." And she's like, "There is no escape from the foot." And you just see the panel of her giant claw. He just, and you can assume she just murders him, then blows up the building. Yep. And I didn't notice something when she went back home to the base and she walks by and there were two guys. I'm like, hmm, guy's got a purple hmm. mohawk. Another guy's got some goggles on his head. I wonder who that is. Yeah, this is uh, honestly one of their first appearances in IDW. I mean, they might have done some like a background shot. They're in the Raphael micro series. There you issue. go. I knew it was something. But yeah, I mean, other than that, this is where you first. So it's like, all right, now they're now they're starting to pay attention. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I know this isn't their first appearance. I have their first appearance. <laughs> somewhere in a box <laughs> in comics <laughs> it's not what you think it would be <laughs> so but you have alopex comes to go see shredder and shredder gives her another mission where he tells her that you're going to go to the place in alaska fairbanks alaska i wonder if shadow moses is near there right hmm wasn't that was was it near fairbanks <laughs> i don't know if it was near fairbanks but uh, wasn't on like the, the near the coast of alaska i don't know where fairbanks is in alaska i don't either so but i i'm curious now it's a fictional Alaskan island. Shadow Moses. I mean, I figured it was. I'm just curious where it's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I hear Alaska. That's what pops in my head immediately. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. You us and yeah. No, Fairbanks, Alaska has something to to do with the. Okay, this is this is taking longer than I thought it would. Okay, but neither here nor there. But no, well, they, it is it is not our first, not our last Metal Gear reference when talking about turtles for whatever reason. Not nothing. Because it's me and you. <laughs> and things keep happening that get me to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure one of us will bring it up later on again, too. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, hey. I, yeah, there's no question there. I'm still trying to figure it out, but it's too hard at the moment. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I don't think it's that far, by the way. But no, you see, you, you know, she's sent there and you can see, like, when, when they tell her, she remembers, okay, that's where I was caught and transformed into this mutant. And... This is a really another like fuck you moment of Shredder, I think, where he's again just manipulating people. Yeah, don't think about it. That is exactly what he's, his intention. Was. Okay, yeah, not that, but like he's also, I think, digging his own grave with things because I'm assuming this plays a big part in what happens later in the City Fall. I think he wanted to know. He wanted to know how she was going to react, and he got his answer. <laughs> so she goes there to this base, and she's setting the explosives. And as she's walking around this empty base, because he said, you know, there's a war coming. You're right, it's before City Fall. And he's like, we got to, you know, condense our, our you, you know, our, our property, essentially. Blow up stuff that we don't need anymore. So people can't, I guess, 
I don't, I don't understand what he's really up, what the point is. But I think the real point was to test her. And I love how you, you have her walking through the woods and then, you know, she's remembering that she had a family and that she was a hunter and, you know, it, it's really cool to see. And then she remembers that a bear had attacked them when they were, you know, when she was a wolf. And I thought that was all really good, really good character building for this. She's a fox, by the way. Oh, yeah. Fox. <laughs> Archie Fox. There you go. But it, it's all good. And then she sees a random fox and, you know, it makes you wonder, was that part of her family before? Yeah. I'm, I think it's supposed to be. Well, she says my old family. Yeah. yeah and then, then she sees the fox right after that. So, yeah, I, I really liked it. I got a, I, I was like, OK, this is pretty damn cool. And I didn't expect what was coming where then she she smells fire. So she runs back and Shredder is fucking burning the forest down that she grew up in. And she doesn't think for more than two seconds before she grabs his damn arm. <laughs> yeah. And she smacks him across the face and scratches him. Oh, yeah. And he's he's surprised about that himself that she even got a hit. Yeah. Or drew blood, I should say. Yeah, that's what he even says. He says, you know, it was my idea to use foxes crafty so fast. Perfect hunters. I hold them in high esteem. And look how you turned out. Just incredible. You actually drew blood. Mm -hmm. She hits him a few times before then he says, I got to put you in your place. And he just beats the, you know, he doesn't beat the shit out of her. He just kicks her in the seat, knees her in the stomach and then throws her on the ground. It's not terrible. It looks like you might catch her in the face right before that, too. You see the blood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And she was bleeding. He he does slap. And he got claws attached. So, yeah, I like how she flips. She's like, fuck you. Mm -hmm. That was a good moment. And you get to see foot with flamethrowers. That was Kind of cool to me, too. Something you don't see often, or you probably no. won't again, honestly, after this. Yeah, but it's just so, like, I mean, and you find out the whole purpose of this was a tester. He's like, you know, you're part of the foot, and, you know, I wanted this to prove that, you know, you are with us. And then I think he calls her his Chunin also in this, mm-hmm. which is what Leo is. And, you know, you they get in the helicopter, they leave all the fire, which is terrible because the fire is not going to stop. And But that's neither here nor there. And then you you have a small scene where you have her... You know, envisioning back to back with him, with Shredder fighting the turtles and Splinter. Yeah, you're right. This is before Leo gets. And then she says, I will fight by my side. I will fight my way back to his side, but I know who he is. He's the bear. And this time I'm going to kill the bear. Yep. So her plot behind the scenes is rolling from that point on. She, where does he say tune in? I thought he said tune in. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I don't, I don't see it either. And I'm reading right now, but I, I, maybe just my brain. I thought he said tune in though. But yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, that spot I, I don't is see it. reserved for Leo. I want to say he calls Karai his tune-in too later. Mm-hmm. After Leo leaves them, as everyone already knew, obviously. But because <laughs> <laughs> this book wouldn't have worked if Leo didn't eventually go back to it would right. the three Ninja Turtles. So all right, and that brings us to the last issue we're going to talk about in part one, uh, another villain micro series, Karai, a character that I wasn't I wasn't big on before reading City Fall. Like, I didn't really give a shit about her, but my opinion has changed a lot. Well, they didn't give her too much character development before this. So this is the first real taste to get on some of the struggles she not only had, but has up until this point. Gives you a little more in depth. Yeah, I like this. I like this issue. I like how it starts off. And it it also gives you more about the foot. It starts off with her watching ninjas being trained and she sneaks up on them. Then she starts talking to someone who trained her or someone that's, you know, part of the foot that his job is to train soldiers. And I like this because she's, you know, she's looking for, you know, advice or just someone to talk to about what's going on. And I really like that. And I, I like, you know, finding out more that the people who are, you know, that join the foot are being trained at some other school somewhere, not just 
random kids being, you know, picked up off the street and be like, oh, hey, you get to play arcades and smoke cigarettes. Join us. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I still, I, I, uh, that movie. Still fun, though. And you get a lot of backstory. You get to see a lot of what Karai went through. We get to see Karai as a child, you know, watching what her father's up to and eavesdropping. And then she finds the Ashino Himitsu, which is what leads her to learning about Shredder and becoming a ninja. What I think is interesting, they actually bring up more of the the Oroku family, other Shredder descendants. You get Oroku Yori here, who's the as well, she's a kid, is the, the head of the Foot Clan, and you get to see its modern iteration. It's a bunch of of uh, people in business suits and lawyers and playing the cunning game of, of being a thief or a ninja in the way of just stealing assets, yeah. making money that way. Maybe maybe even organized crime, exploiting loopholes with, with uh, through the legal system. Far I, cry I, from what the Foot used to be. Oh, yeah, and I, I like this, and I like the fact that you see Karai. She's like, and so it began. During the day, I was the proper girl that my mother wanted me to be. At night, I studied the Yashino Himichu, hoping to become what my father could not. And you see her in one side, you know, you know, being dressed up, playing piano, and the other side, you see her training and fighting. Mm-hmm. And I also like this. This shows kind of how she learned more about Arakusaki, you know, Shredder, and didn't and realize that it wasn't just... Because, again, if you would have read something in the book that said, okay, hey, you got to cut yourself and put your blood on, you know, this dead guy, okay, yeah, sure, okay. But he he comes to her in her dreams, and she's like, "Well, yeah, this is a dream." And then cuts her hand while they're dreaming. While she's and then she wakes up and has the mark on her hand. And and this to me indicated that while Shredder is dead, he has the same abilities as Freddy. <laughs> yeah, this because is she's by far the scariest version of Shredder I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I would also guess because she's blood related, he's able to reach her. I'm sure that's probably the case. Yeah. And because she, you know, was reading the book, helped give them the connections. Right. Because it, it, in the end of the city fall, when we talk about the Shredder issue, it kind of goes into what happened to him during that time, which is interesting in a way. Not my favorite issue, but we'll get there. <laughs> and then it shows Karai, where she talks about how she was building up the foot and then eventually trained ninjas. And it shows her killing somebody who's part of the foot. Is that her father? No, that's the guy that was talking to her father in that one room. Okay, I wasn't sure Nakamura, if she shot his name. her father or... Okay, she shot this other guy, and then when this guy died, I guess her father couldn't handle the foot anymore. He died from, what, heart disease or something like that. He couldn't take the stress. She, she says it in one of the panels. Yeah, it, it's yeah, heart, something like that. Yeah, right here, the stress eventually killed him, leaving me free to rebuild without interference. Okay, that's cool, though. And then... As she's talking to her master, when it jumps back to present time, this is when you have Leo shows up because he was sent there to check on the soldiers. And he's like, oh, they're not ready. And he starts starting a fight with Karai, essentially. So he's, in this, prov- he's provoking her. Yeah. Do you think that he would have beat her or do you think she let him win? Well, I mean, they, they kind of clearly say it. But I, I think she's lying. Scene, why, even the master says it. Why didn't you finish this? Let's see here. I mean, if you go through the fight, she she gets the the first strike there. Then he he kicks her from the ground, and then he's on top of when her. She, well, let's see. Wait, no, there's a few. The there's only a, moment she would have had is when she kicked him in the face and he fell. That could have been that. Oh, okay. Where she had his back. Oh, Maybe I see. Yeah, she could have finished him off then. Okay, now I get it. Because after that, he takes over, and then he has the he has the. But yeah, I see. Okay, yeah, someone who's trying to kill. Just killed. Yeah. Okay. 
that makes more sense. But because and where she even tells the master, like, yeah, if I killed him, Shredder would be pissed. <laughs> so right, yeah. So I mean, they do flat out say like she would have won that fight. Now she does mention in the fight, and I think the writers did this intentionally that all right, let's be let's say that she would have won, she would have killed him, right? And then in that scenario, they make up for it by saying that he's slower, less focused than than he normally is when he's himself. Which I like. Like right, that makes sense. Less less certain in his movement, she says right here in this panel when he misses that kick. He seems slower, she says. So that's the only reason. So if he was at his peak, his normal mind state, she might have not had that opportunity. Okay. Okay, I'll take that. And then she talks about how she has a plan that she's working on to take over. And then it shows two days later, she's at some place and she has a bunch of people who she's training to see who's going to get. I don't think it says in here, but that's what she's doing. Who's going to get mutant powers? And she's like, we're going to do a contest. A simple one. Last one standing wins. And she, yeah, they all get, they all start fighting. And part in that room. That is, <laughs> hmm? How do you see in that lineup? Yeah. A Bebop and Rock City. <laughs> but I also had read more of this than I read that. So I'm like, oh, okay, this makes more sense. Then, then it jumps into the next issue, which is issue 25 and more of City Fall Part 4, which we are going to talk, talk about after the break. And we're back from break. It's only been a few seconds, not a week, of course. So <laughs> we are here to continue our talk of City Fall. And uh, first, we're going to start off with issue 25. So I, re- I read this twice again, Rich, since the last time we talked. <laughs> I think that's going to be the going theme as you, as you continue to read along. So, <laughs> But first, I, I got that. the cover for this. I feel like I would have bought this in the store had I you know, been buying comics at the time. The cover is Leonardo dressed up in his foot gear, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, like if you if you're not caught up and you just see this on the stands and like, well, what the hell is going on here? I mean, that clearly kind of looks like Leo. I mean, if you really don't know what's going on, like, is that their version of Slash? Like, it is. It is. Oh, good point. Yeah, I might have thought that had I not known what was going, had I not been reading it, just randomly walked past this comic. I mean, realistically, like if I saw this and I had no idea of the backstory behind it. I would have assumed something like Slash, and it may it would make me want to at least kind of skim through and kind of see what's going on there. <laughs> okay, I mean that's fair. I just I I really love some of these covers because the way that we're looking at it, we get to see all the covers. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> what I do enjoy. And then the, this issue starts off with and my favorite guys, the Savante. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Karai is loading some stuff with a foot, and you find out she's being used as a as a patsy to lure out the savante i'm so sick of the savante yeah i mean this this move of theirs right here even though it's kind of a, a trap she's being used as bait it's it's their biggest like power move yeah. for the most part like it's and, and, it, and that's it this is kind of where it ends for them yeah i mean because they come they they think oh we got you outnumbered and then you know foot soldier leo shows up and ends up beating the shit out of savante with more foot and then cries not happy that she was bait <laughs> which Makes sense. Yeah, it's that that struggle that she continues to just like it's it's almost like being at a job to where you know you're good at your job and management just shits all over you. We all know what that's about. <laughs> this is what Karai is going through, and she's just still not quitting yet as much as she wants to, and is kind of doing her own thing. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 interesting. And then you have this is where Leo doesn't kill somebody so he can send them back with a message. But the real reason is he was told not to kill. 
they yeah, don't really they don't cover it yet no but that's that's what it is because yeah. if, the whole thing is if he kills it breaks the spell so they because won't let it, him kill it goes it's one of the morally polarizing activities he can engage in that that is why it would break him out of it for the most part and i mean it makes sense i i like it that nobody knows that in this but kitsune and shredder because they don't it's not voiced to anybody you know in shredder fashion he keeps it to himself which fixed yeah as far as leo knows he just he just doesn't want to kill anybody, but he, he doesn't really tell him why. But he can't <laughs> tell him why. The real reason, anyway. <laughs> nope, he could not. And then you have more of April and Casey bonding, which the more I read this, the more I really like them in this. I like their relationship. Yeah, I don't mind it. I kind of like the opposite subtract dynamic. Yeah. The smart brainiac versus the roughed up, impoverished kid. I like it. It works really well for what it is in here. This is also when you have the first time they kiss is in this issue, which yeah. again fits everything. You know, Casey's been, you know, almost died. Like it all fit. It all makes sense. Yeah. They're going full. If they're going to do it at all, this is the time to do it. And they're going, they're going all in. I, I, I definitely like that. And then it shows Raphael beating up a few people. And this, this made me laugh because the two people he's fighting are from that one annual that we didn't bother to read because <laughs> it's just so bad. Yeah. They call back to that. And yeah, <laughs> I'm like, okay, sure. Whatever you guys, I have no idea what you're talking about, but all right. And, one of their very little callbacks that annual happens to be some of the most throwaway characters that you could ever imagine. <laughs> I just tells you something about that annual. <laughs> I kind of want to read it now just because I feel like, well, maybe I should at this point, but that's not. Oh be. man. Good I moved luck. on. I mean, <laughs> that's it's hard. <laughs> it just, the black and white is what did it for me. I don't like black and white TV. I don't like black and white comics. I don't like black and white. Unless it's Walking Dead, black and white, I don't enjoy it. I've read a, I've read the first volume of that, but that's it. I've never read any more of of that. I read like the first, I don't know, 10 or so comics. It was good. Like, I, I'll probably continue it eventually. No, it definitely is good. I just, eh. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's got to end up better than the show, hopefully. <laughs> oh, God, I fell off the show completely because it just got so, too gruesome. Well, the gruesome, that's what killed it for you. It was the, how boring it was for me. <laughs> Cut that out. No, nah, when Negan get introduced, I just fell off. I just had enough of it. That's what did me in. <laughs> but okay, then you have then you then after that because he Raphael's trying to find out what's going on. I think with the whole gang, like you know what's going on with Shredder because he's trying to figure out where Leo is. And this is then you have Savante again uh, beating up some foot and Victor, who is the leader of Savante, which happens in the annual. I didn't understand like they have a round table where all these people like mafia people are sitting at a table for the Savante. I don't understand that but is that simply just because we didn't read it some of these are also other crime like organized crime leaders like that okay the the i think the triad chinese girl sitting there with the dragon on oh her she's in another okay i didn't realize oh, that's her boys yeah because yeah, her uh her story will be um taken care of here shortly while we're talking today and yep and then antonio here in the in the big chair the older guy you see him at the end of City Fall with Shredder and all that. Okay. So. And there's the one guy that disagrees with Savante that you don't see ever again. Because he takes a dagger to the neck. Yep. <laughs> I like Showing how, how ruthless the Savante are. But at the same time, that's Fucking again, weak. that is it. That is all you get. <laughs> you don't see them again after this. Or after, I'm, after this arc, they're done, so... They feel very much so like background, insignificant background characters. They don't feel like a threat at all. Which, honest, it bothers me, actually. 
it really does because I expected more from them. And I was kind of let down that they don't do anything but die. Yeah, there's nobody, no organized crime in in this comic that even stands half a chance against the foot. But Sabate might be a little bit of a minor nuisance, I feel, but not much more than like let's say the purple dragon might be. You know, like these guys just know some martial arts that make them a little stand out a little more. But that's it. It don't it don't end well for them. No, I mean, good, really they really suck. suck. <laughs> oh God, they do. Uh, and then you have a, a, a very interesting page, I think, or panel where. You see Shredder has like the hawk and then it catches a rat and kills a rat while he's talking to Kitsune and Leo. Mm-hmm. I, I I like the metaphor what they're going for there. <laughs> Is it just killing the rat eating the rat? Well, and remember, pay attention to everything, even pets in this comic, by the way. Okay. Uh, is this hawk gonna come back to me? <laughs> I, I assume it's um, you know, does he say it's a hawk? Because I don't even think that's a hawk to be honest. I don't know if he but, says what it is. It just a hawk makes sense to me. Uh, I think it's a he just says Koya. Yeah, McCoy is the name of the bird. And no, I will not be Googling that. I learned my lesson. (laughs) So I will not have anything to do with that. Okay. And this is when Shredder tells Karai that it was Leo's plan to use her as bait. Because she gets all all pissed off that she was being used as bait. Which makes sense. I mean, she should be the second in command. Yeah, and she knows it. Again, management shitting on one of their best employees. (laughs) That doesn't happen in real life. I know. Oh, yeah, that's a fairy tale. <laughs> so, I, I really like when Leo's looking at Shredder and Katsun and he starts having like where the illusion is starting to mix with reality and, and wear off. And he sees his mother and Splinter in human form instead of Ooh. Shredder and Katsun. And I think this is when they start to realize that it is wearing off. I'm assuming or Katsun. I'm assuming Katsun did it on purpose. What's it? What? Did Set it, it up so it wouldn't last. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's not like they're doing anything to really progress it and make it last. They're not doing anything for it. It's, if it's going to wear off, it's going to eventually wear off. But they're they're not even upkeeping it. No, but Kitsune seems very, like, she's playing the long game, like, big time, is what I got from this and your comments when we talked before. Yeah, we so, have no idea what that long game really is. No, but I know that she's Wait not, she's not actually, like, she's using Shredder, just like he's using her. And here's one of the, the dumbest decisions in this comic is you have, or not, not the comic itself, but to the characters in this comic, the Savante sends back a box with a hand, with someone's hand cut off and says war on there. That very mafia-esque. And I thought again, it was uh, It should have been a foot. <laughs> should have cut off a guy's foot and sent the foot. Yeah, it would have been more poetic. But I'm like, this is like the, the dumbest thing they could have done. Like, you shouldn't do this. Like, why are you starting war? But Victor is an idiot, and he thinks he, him and the Savante are going to win. Uh, and then you, you have a, a good scene that... I unfortunately, when I saw this, it didn't make sense. So Casey's father goes to see Casey, you know, in the earlier issues. It doesn't work out. When he goes home, he punches a mirror, rips off his shirt, and you see a giant purple dragon Durgon C. Mikado tattoo on his back. Correct. <laughs> and I didn't put two and two together at first. I did not realize who this who he was when this first happened. I mean, when you first see that, you don't necessarily think, that's the route he's going to go or they're going to go with this character. I mean, you think like, oh, maybe they did mention he was part of the Purple Dragons before. And I'm pretty sure they mentioned that before. He was a leader in the Purple Dragons, but that was they it. They did, yeah. But they didn't go into more detail than that into what, what he called himself. And it didn't click for me. It did not click when I saw this. And it clicked for me because I, I screwed up reading. So as I'll explain shortly. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's you see you see that with the, you see him you know revealing himself to be the Hun 
And then you have Splinter who sneaks into where Hob is and Hob old Hob is a whole house full of guns and sniper rifles and shotguns. Like that is a cool image. You just sitting there with all these weapons around him. Yeah, I know people <laughs> that in real life that are not that far off from that. <laughs> that's that's a real thing. Yeah, I can believe it. I mean some people are gun nuts though. Yep. In general. All right. They I can't like even that. explain to me why they like that, but you know, that's another story. <laughs> I have a sword. That's my that's my I have a master sword. That's my protection. I literally have a master sword. It's is it didn't I see it before? Yes, I think so. Is it actually sharp? I don't know, but they won't know that. If a naked guy comes up to you holding a sword, I don't think it will matter too much if you break into their house and if a naked guy is standing at you with a sword, you might be like in shock enough that it might work. What, what do you mean naked guy? I sleep naked, so if someone was to break in the house, oh. I'd come out with a sword. Jesus. Maybe that's okay. something you don't want to let your listeners know. <laughs> I don't care. A small small bonus for everybody. <laughs> so, but, and then you have Raphael who's trying to find out more information. He ends up going after like two, I'm, I'm assuming two crooked cops. That he beat the, that I think are also from that annual, but I don't know. Uh, I think they might have been, but again, it's inconsequential, so <laughs> insignificant. <laughs> no, I mean it's just there to show Raphael being angry and blaming himself, and you have Mikey having a, a small serious moment where you know he gets pissed at at Raphael <laughs> for being like that, and just you know seeing them you know being brothers, and then you you have a very important part that you see here where you have. Leonardo Shredder, Alapax, and Karai are looking at the Savante headquarters, getting ready to attack them and surprise and murder them all <laughs> yeah. terribly. And then the last page, which didn't happen yet, because this is kind of a, a weird where like this is mentioned in one of the well, I guess it's kind of mentioned in one of the miniseries that we, we talked about before Karai. But the last page, as you see, says rock and roll. And you see Bebop and Rocksteady being transformed. Yep. Which one thing I got to say is I couldn't believe how much these the miniseries and other things really affect the main series in this book. Yeah, you'll miss out on some mm-hmm. semi-important details that yeah, like, reading those. No, it would be bad if you if you didn't. And I find that kind of impressive that how much they how much they affect the main stuff. And I, I do like it. So and then the next thing this will bring us to we get to mini uh, another one, the villain micro series, the Hun. This this one I really like. I, I like the fact that it gives you so much background on this character before you really get introduced to him. Yeah, this was a good one. This is a uh, good timing for it too. Really puts puts the pieces together. It also confuses the hell out of you because it starts off where you see, you know, Casey's father Arnold, and he says, you know, and he says, like, "Hi, Ar- hi, I'm Arnold." You know, he's at an AA meeting, but he's all buffed up. He doesn't look like himself mm-hmm. for some reason. He has blonde hair again, <laughs> but you don't know why. I think that it does a good job, and it also really shows you, like, because it goes back and forth, kind of showing you how. You know, he was the hun, and then he tried to change his life because of a woman. And then he, you know, had a kid, and then he wife died and started drinking, became an asshole. And then seeing his son, you know, almost killed, drove him to give up alcohol and to try to do something with his life. The part that I think is really interesting is when they show him walking down an alley, and, and Leo runs into him to convert him to join the foot, and he doesn't realize that it was the foot that ki- almost killed his son. Yeah, and Shredder is very... <laughs> Very vague when he talks to him about the, the people that attacked Casey's son. He's like, oh, I know who did it. Yeah, <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> You're looking at him. I wonder who it could have been. Mm-hmm, I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he does. He does not know any of this information throughout this and, and even afterward. The part that I, I have a question about. So he brings he brings him there. They beat the shit out of him a little bit. And then they convince him to join, to you know, to go back to the Purple Dragons and to join the foot. 
and he offers him the ooze. Why doesn't the ooze turn him into a mutant, but instead just makes him super strong? So I think we might we actually might have covered this once. It's when the mutagen because it's oh. not regular ooze, right? That's, like I don't I don't I don't think it's regular like unrefined ooze because that, from what I understand, just has healing properties. For it to make him that big, since he wasn't an animal before, if it is refined or not, it's gonna it caused him to just kind of grow monstrously like like steroids almost like like a, a huge amount of steroids <laughs> whereas like the mutagen that changed bebop and rocksteady was changed to to do that to them it was probably okay. mixed with animal dna as you can see they were in the actual lab with some some other method and they actually oh, yeah it's not like the wanted. old story of here i touched the rhinoceros so i yeah, yeah okay i gotta get that out of my head huh <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, if you if you like that enough, there is a show you could watch. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just always remember in the '87 cartoon when they Bebop Rock City are tied down to the table. The first time, I'm like, "What are you gonna do with us?" And they, "What are you bringing all the animals in here for?" And they somehow that works that way. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just curious, but I, that makes sense. Anyway, we did talk about. It. I don't remember when it might have been the first part of this episode. I don't remember. It, but I yeah, it might have been, but. So that, you know, it's only an hour, an hour ago, not not a week ago. So, <laughs> but okay. And then the Hun go, the you know, as the Hun, he goes back to the Purple Dragons. He pretty much beat the shit out of Angel almost, and you know, it shows him essentially like you know, he takes charge. He comes in there, he pushes Angel around, almost almost kills her, and just and beats the shit out of everybody else there. So he ends up becoming you know the leader again. I I do like that you see him go after the people who I think is in Casey micro series who end up stealing that necklace and beat the shit out of him, the the loan sharks. You, you see him go back there and steal all their money and just beat the shit out of them. I did like that. I, I don't remember that. It's been so long for me. Yeah, it wasn't that long for me. <laughs> but I did laugh when you see Hun bring him money, bring Shredder the money, you know, because, you know, he's trying to make a difference. Well, I think <laughs> he is. I mean, because a lot of other times some of the foot was failing. I mean, Han is is pulling his own weight, and that's that's a lot of weight. This guy's over probably three hundred pounds. So he's, Easy. He's he's pulling his own weight. Three hundred pounds of pure muscle looks like too. Uh, damn near. <laughs> yeah, it it's good. And then he he shows up to Casey wearing a suit. He's like, I fixed up my life. I got a job working for the Stop. working for your attempted murderer. I tell him, told him he's he drinking. And he tries to give him a new mask. So it wasn't just me. That's the original mask, right? It's actually not. Um, oh, I mean, from the series, the original series. Sorry. 87 cartoon stuff. Oh, just that look. Yeah, I suppose so. I think. Yeah, maybe. Now that you mention it. I didn't really think about it. I know it's not the mask he wears in this because he gets that from Angel later. And it's, it's a regular mm-hmm. like Jason hockey mask where this one really reminded me of either the old comics or the old cartoon. I just know the old figure had it. I can tell you that. Much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had that so that's figure. that's the uh, closer to the original design, yeah. And I like that he rejects it. And one is from his father, but also to me, it felt like this is a different character. This isn't the Casey Jones that you know you had in the Mirage comic, or the Casey Jones that you grew up with in the '87 cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a different. And I, I I got a kick out of that, and just and again, you see the Hun beating the shit out of Savante people because everyone beats the shit out of Savante people in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Fucking. Sub- the reason why I don't like Savante so much is I really thought they were going to be something in the TMT arc when we were first reading some of this because they're in one of those issues and they turned out to be a, a nothing. And it, it kind of bugs me. This wasted opportunity with that, yeah. that entire group. Only to be murdered brutally. Yeah. And then you, I mean, if you're, if you're going to introduce, maybe they shouldn't have went with the, the theme of city war at that point because there wasn't, 
really much of a when you think about it, it wasn't much of a war, right? Like huh. you could have had a couple other ways to go. You could have brought in some group of mutants that are warring with Shredder, like Karai could have led that, or they kind of hinted at that anyway when she made Bebop and Rocksteady, or maybe the Purple Dragons when Hun got back into power, like could have tried to have a war with Shredder and the, Shred- and the Turtles were mixed in the mix and all that. So I'm, could have went a few different ways. Sabat, Sabate were kind of a waste to introduce. Yeah, I really believe so. Even even the short-lived Ghost Boys. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize they were in that issue that that was the leader of the Ghost Boys. Yep. <laughs> you only, and I don't think, well, I can say for a fact, you don't see them in any other issues before this. And in one other issue. Ghost Boys? Not that I've ever noticed. If, if you did, it's more of like probably somebody getting their ass beat and you didn't notice it was part of that game. I don't even think so, because I've read this twice, because I've been reading a lot. Probably not. You're, you're probably right. <laughs> so, yeah, it, doesn't, it didn't click. And So the last part of this book, you see the Hun at AA Anonymous got his one-month sober chip, you know, because he's showing that, you know, he, you know, he went a month without drinking alcohol, and even though instead of drinking alcohol, he became a, you know, killer. But hey, that's okay. Well, that that's how flawed of a character <laughs> Hun is, right? I mean, it, for as many positive steps as he took forward, which are like two, <laughs> took about like... <laughs> 10 steps backwards at the same time. Yeah, I found it. So I, I can't remember. I'm assuming the first time I ever heard of the Hun was the 2003 cartoon in that. That's the uh, first well, time I've ever seen him. As far as I know, I, I think that's when he was introduced. Okay. I'm assuming he, I'm looking right now to see, but yes, it was, uh, tw- yeah, it was the 2003 series looks, looks to be the first one I'm seeing. That's when I remember seeing him ever. Like, I don't remember in the comics or, or anything else. No, and everything I'm seeing just points to that being his first appearance. His 2003 cartoon. So, yeah, he wasn't around until then. Okay, that's cool. I'm glad that a character that they just created for that really good cartoon ended up becoming, you know, in the comics. It normally doesn't happen that way. Harley Quinn is one of the few other things I can... I mean, Harley Quinn blew up, of course, but it's not often that you have a character come from a TV show end up in the comics. So, right. That's, that's cool. All right, and that brings us to issue 26, which is another part of the, the regular City Fall stuff. Covers aren't too special here, but there's one cover of one of the Eastman covers with Shredder and Leo fighting more Savante. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Then when I blast through that glass, we're like, we'll see later on. So this, so the first part of this issue starts off with Leo talking to his mother. I wasn't sure if this was supposed to be Kit soon or this is actually supposed to be his real mother when he's having a dream, but... I'm pretty sure it's his real mother. Uh, no, that's his, that's his mom. I mean, as you get to see throughout the rest of City Fall, he keeps seeing those visions anyway. Yeah, which is cool to see. And you see a lot of Leo, like whenever he's not fighting, he doesn't have the bandana on. He just has, you know, the the black tape around his arms and legs. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have all the other gear, which is cool. I mean, that it's, you know, because when he's a regular turtle, he always has the bandanas on. You know, they don't take them off, really. Yeah, it's it's more rare. You'll see that like way later in the series. Okay. Like on their down moments, you'll see them take it off a lot more. And then you know, sometimes you're just like, who the hell's talking right now? But you'll you'll see. Okay. And this is where oh, wasn't that next? Okay. And then you you have a small part where you have Angel is beating the shit out of some peop out of some thugs that were stealing from a liquor store. And this is when Raphael's like, Oh hey, what about the purple dragons? She's like, Yeah, they're not gonna listen to me right now. <laughs> you know, she doesn't say much. Like she doesn't say, you know, Casey Father came back and took over. She just mentioned that they're not working with her. So yeah. at this point, Raphael's whole thing, other than helping her out and whatever, stopping crime, he he's asking her for her support from the Purple Dragons as much as, as he can get, whether or not it's, it's going to be just her or them. 
he's looking for more support because at this time, when you really think about it, the Turtles aren't really in a good spot. Oh God, uh, no. You know, you know, Leo's out of the picture. That is their leader to begin with. And you got Splinter, who is pretty much filling in the role for Leo here. He had to step up and, and physically get involved a lot more and just lead the team as 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 much as can be. But they, they need all the support they can. They're going against a very big group of villains here. Yeah, and then they're not. And you can just see how tore up they are by him not being there. I mean, not, you know, I think it would have been easier had he died versus him being brainwashed and they don't even really understand what happened. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, really hard. Because they don't, they don't understand that he's completely brainwashed. They just think, you know, yeah, why maybe is that's just team? how he's feeling or, or you know, <laughs> there's a lot of emotions running through when you see something like that. Yeah, you're just being betrayed by, you know, your brother. You don't know why. So it, it's And this is also where you have Mikey ends up reconnecting with the guy from the pizzeria. I forgot his name, but that's okay. Woody. <laughs> that's a stupid name. Well, it's a dumpy character, so it, as, it, I was thinking the same thing when I was reading I was like, what a stupid name. And I was like, you know what? It, it's fitting. This is just some goofy guy who works at a pizza spot. Yeah, who's so, stealing from the pizza place, too. we got to add that in there. Yeah. <laughs> For the greater good, mind you. <laughs> pizza Hut would disagree. <laughs> I, I, I like this. I, I really... I'm. It was good to see them connect again, because it had been a while since they connected because of the slash in the in, during the slash part which was a few <laughs> issues before this like you know they had that falling out because he almost got killed by slash and you have so right after this you have an, another one where the micro series becomes important you have donatello going to go meet i think it's harold yeah harold which is in that one one the issues of the of the micro series from earlier donatello's thing and i like where april goes to the place and they, they see this lab and they're like looks more like something straight out of a survival horror video game you ask me yes I like some that. Raccoon City type stuff. Uh, uh, that was that was cool. I really like you know, April. This she is good in here. What I she's good in this whole arc. The rest of it, yeah, she's good throughout the whole, the whole comic, as you'll see. Uh, <clears throat> she's pretty consistent. You'll see. Like what I've noticed is we were talking here, the turtles, and this is the first time I think I've really noticed this in any iteration of the turtles that each one nearly has their own personal friend. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you know, usually it's just Raph and Casey, right? I mean, Casey's the oldest one of them all. And, and the mainstay. But then here's Mike with his friend, and Don with his scientist friend. And, you know, Leo <laughs> doesn't really have that, but everybody else does. OK, I didn't think about that. I because I, I, you don't I don't I you don't see you, you haven't seen Harold since that one issue. And I don't know if you're gonna, I'm assuming Harold will come back now at some point because nothing in this comic ever feels that throwaway. Like they bring everything oh, I, other than the Savate. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> OK, there's the throwaway. <laughs> There, there's your throwaway. But uh, otherwise, yeah, Harold, I'll, I'll let you know now, he does play a longer role in the comic. Okay. And I, I, one that I think you'll actually like. So Harold's actually a pretty good character overall. I do like how he won't open the door for first. He's like, Don, tell you brought <laughs> someone else. And then April jumps on the camera and goes, hi, I'm, I, I like inventions and this and that. They're talking and, he open, and also the door opens. <laughs> yeah. And her her comment, just a little just a little trick of the light, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that one. I, I I got a kick out of that one. Hey, women use their charms. Okay, it's not unrealistic. It works on people, men and women. So, I, don't, I liked it, and I, I liked how Harold gives them something that they really end up needing to, because he gives them the gauntlets, which are going to play a big part when we when we get into the big fight that's coming up here in a few issues. You know, and it's just cool to see. You know, they have to get. You know, they're getting more weapons and technology to help them beat an enemy they can't take. Right. Well, I mean, and they're trying to play towards each turtle's strength and they're allowing Donnie to shine. Even if, even if it's kind of on a 
more minor scale scale or a short scale he still gets to shine a, a bit with his character at that point because they could have succeeded without it realistically uh, but it gives the character some more development and well, you can see harold and, and what his role is going to be i goes on. i disagree i think if they didn't as... have the gauntlet and they didn't have the things that they do have when that final fight comes their asses would have been handed to them by as we'll get there so well i mean we could get uh, yeah i'm not gonna go into too much detail but <laughs> I, I think yeah we'll we'll get to it no okay but okay i mean you, you could be right i mean you think the turtles would find a way because they are they are crafty and adaptive they just uh, it could it, to me it just made the job a little easier which is made it a lot fine. easier that, that's that's what technology is <laughs> supposed to be used for right so i mean they did yeah. the right thing and then you have <laughs> a part that i enjoyed you have uh the savant are getting ready to fight the foot in their big tower, and then the, the foot just Shredder and Leo and other foot ninjas just jump into the door and just start killing them. <laughs> and then Alifax and Karai come from the bottom, even though they weren't supposed to, and just take out the Savante. And you only see a couple pages of this, and the Savante are dead. Like, they don't last long. So, fucking Savante. Yep. But in between this, you also have what Hob is up, what Hob and Splinter are up to, because Splinter wants Hob's help, even though he you know, <laughs> did betray him in the previous issue, in part one of this, of this, of this episode we talked about. But here, the deal is that Hob will help them if Splinter does him a favor. So he has Splinter get to be a ninja, which is cool to see, and sneak into stock gen to steal some of the ooze. I think it's ooze. It is. Or maybe it's the, I don't know, mutagen. I don't know. He's stealing something. <laughs> I don't know if it's the unrefined or refined version, but he's stealing whatever stock gen had. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either, for sure, but he's stealing something. And this is good, because you have Hob who sends Slash to go plant bombs around it while Splinter is stealing you know ooze and like you see him be ninja you see him sneak around laser you see him beat the shit out of a guard really quick and apologize for it like even though that guard is dead so Splinter <laughs> didn't know that but that guard is 100 percent dead which one that guard that he knocked out which in, the, in the panel you see splinter you know he he knocks out a guard with a gun well not yet i mean it... no he didn't oh, splinter didn't kill him but that oh, man did not I mean, get up was... and leave that building did you did you uh, you, you went past the Sabate part with Leo? Or? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll double back to it. I just wanted to finish this oh, part. Oh, okay. okay. So then you have... So during that, you, the building is blown up. They, Splinter goes his own way, but Slash was sent to go plant bombs, and Hobbs blows up the building. That's why I'm saying that guard is long gone. <laughs> oh, when they hit that, that trigger, that, that's it. That guard is done. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just like... Ah. And then throughout this, to go back to what I did skip over, you have the Savante stuff where they go in, they, they're, they're beating the shot of Savante, and then Leo ends up confronting Victor, the leader of the Savante. And he tries to shoot him. I think he almost beats him? Or no, what, what happened here? Oh, he pulls a gun on him at the last moment, and that's when Shredder cuts off his hand. So. Actually, Leo cut off his hand. Did Leo? No, he doesn't scream my hand till... Because I think Leo just cut his hand. He didn't cut it off. Because you, you do see an image where he hits it. Well... Uh, no, I think I, I can't think he tell. Cut it off because he does like, scream. Oh no, but... he's, he's still got it. He's got it still. If you keep going, he's still got it. Yeah, it's when Shredder. I mean, he injured it badly. I think, or maybe yeah, broke it. But yeah. Shredder, when he pulls a gun on on Leo, Shredder takes the claw, calls him a coward weapon, cuts off his hand. That's when he cries, "My hand!" Oh, okay. Yeah, if you see it here, and you, when Leo throws a smoke to bomb down, he grabs the gun and then. It says crack, so yeah, like where his wrist is. So yeah, he definitely okay. broke it. You know, the, the way I look at it is like, and the guy's all upset about his hand. Like, you know what's going to happen to you, buddy, right? Like, you're going to be dead. Like, <laughs> there's going to be a lot worse things probably happening to you than your hand being cut off. Right. I don't think I'd be worried about my hand. I think I'd be like, oh shit, my life is over. <laughs> and it will not be a pleasant whatever's left of it. Especially in his line of work. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> and then you have Raphael talking with Casey, and I think this is when he tells Casey about yeah, his father went back to the Purple Dragons. Yep. So, so one thing about yes. with Stockton here when it gets blown up, they don't you don't get to see the reaction from Stockman about this, which I, I don't remember. I'm sure they cover later. I'm sure it's the next arc. Yeah, like how big of a blow is that to Baxter? Like his <laughs> entire lab is is gone. Yeah, it's got to be a big one. And I forget uh, where is Baxter at this time. Uh, he is on the island working on the technology. He's on. Oh, okay, okay. I figured he was on Burnout. I just did not remember. Yeah, because he he's not involved <clears throat> in any of this stuff at all. So we won't be. I'm assuming why well, not assuming. I know he's in the next arc. Uh, not the Northampton, but the. The side arc that the mini another miniseries that takes place during that Utram Empire. That's where we hear about him again. Right. But yeah, I know he's on the island, so he doesn't know. I, I look forward to seeing his reaction, though. I mean, I'm sure he's not going to be happy. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to be pissed. <laughs> and then you have Karai is shows up, even though like, and she sees where Shredder has his arm on Leo, and this kind of leads up to more stuff that is coming, where it really is. You know, you can like the last panel is crying. Alapex is looking kind of like shady, for lack of a better word, because, again, it's going to lead up to them are both going to you know try to betray Shredder. Essentially, you don't know that, but that's what's coming. Well, that's as we see later on. Karai kind of doesn't really pull the trigger on that, whereas the other one is really she, down for it. She betrays him. It's just Shredder? less. Yeah, because by making Rocksteady and Bebop, that is a betrayal. I suppose it is in a sense, but she didn't use them against him. No, I think she would have had she needed to, but they're also dumb as fuck. But I, I think I mean, that she wasn't she... counting on. <laughs> uh, so that brings us then to that miniseries, or not, I mean, so that one shot, the Rocksteady and Bebop. This was not something I expected at all. These are like. They took the 87 stupidity of the Turtles cartoon and made it work for these characters. They did, and that's actually Impressive. pretty entertaining, <laughs> the, the, the way that they write them. I mean, these yeah. guys never shut the fuck up. <laughs> they're the two worst characters, but they're great. Like, like the... Even later on, with, with what they, they pull in the last issue, like the whole time, they're just running their damn mouths the entire time. And in this issue, you'll see it even even more. Uh, like... I think it really does set the set the stage when the first the first panel or the like the first page well the first panel is Bebop getting punched in the face and there's Rocksteady getting beat up like they're getting kicked out of a gang for being assholes. They're just they're deadbeats. They're yeah. losers. <laughs> and they even tell I mean, them look, get rid of the headband or get you know get rid of the glasses and the and the whatever the hell I think they make them they make comments about that and they, and their names their name I think they go in more detail later on in the series but their names are like based on musical genres he bring that up <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah when he says oh this is what he says oh and just a, just a suggestion try losing those stupid gang names in quotation then he's like they're music style don't anybody care about yeah, music right. and then rock said <laughs> he only listens to top 40 <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just thought it was funny yeah it's good i mean and then where they live such That's, a shithole uh-huh that's a complete shithole it's just a random apartment that's abandoned that they're just living at Mm-hmm. It looks it's, uh, like somebody's house that we used to know. There'd be more garbage on the floor. <laughs> That's sad. More garbage. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> and this is when you you have them go to a bar because they're trying to join another gang, and they hear someone talking about the Foot Clan and the Shredder. And then this is when they end up meeting with Karai and end up where Karai is trying to recruit somebody, recruit two people to turn them into mutants. And you have like, because you see, you see a little bit of this in one of the other issues where they had like a fight, a fight club essentially, 
and Rocksteady and Bebop were the only two that w- that sur- that were standing after this fight. And you just have an image of them just all covered in blood and people around them just bleeding. This, yeah, this is Karai's way of vetting best fighters out of the group uh, and the most ru- most ruthless. So she got what she wanted, just physically, maybe not mentally. Yeah, but I, I wasn't a very smart opinion, uh, smart move in my in my opinion. For Karai to do that, no, it's not because no, you get because the worst of the. They might be strong, but they're fucking stupid. So that mutagen seems to make animals very intelligent. When you're a human, it doesn't really seem to do anything to your intelligence. Apparently, no, especially with these guys. <laughs> I, I really like the part where they're sitting there picking out the animals that they're going to morph into, and they pick out the rhinoceros and and the. I, I really like that. And then he makes a comment about about a dinosaur. I wonder if they got a dinosaur in here. Yeah, he picks. What does he end up picking, my friends? He ends up picking a rhinosaurus. <laughs> uh, and, one comment I do want to make here. Yes. In the entire run of this IDW, you notice that there's not many human like mutations. Really, it doesn't happen often. It's usually the other Humans way around. Animal, right? Yeah, like this human to animal mutation, you don't see it very often. But it doesn't mean that these are the only two. There are a limited amount coming in the future too. Okay, that makes sense. I figured there'd be more. I do want to say that like this first this first page where you see Bebop and Rocksteady together, I really like how menacing they look. And Rocksteady, this is the most menacing I've ever seen this character. Like, and that's impressive. Uh, you, as far as Bebop, you mean? Well, bo- both of them. Oh no, I, I think it's some really good art. It's really actually some pretty badass art of them. Yeah. I mean, they're just the way they did them in this. And, and like this comic to me is at times almost like a horror comic. Like there are certain images that really kind of reflect horror element to it. We got a few coming up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> but like this early on, you have them. They get into a truck with Karai because she's going to go meet with the, the ghost ghost brothers or whatever they're called. Ghost boys. Ghost boys. Yeah, that makes more sense. And I do like how Bebop and Rocksteady are being all stupid. And Tom, oh, yeah, we're going to be friends with the Shredder. <laughs> and the one foot ninja gets all pissed off like. The master yeah, is no one friend <laughs> and slaps him. Yeah. Like, and gets away it, with it. <laughs> I mean, it also makes sense because the people that are following Shredder are maniacs, to be honest. Like, they're, it's a cult, essentially. Pretty much. You know, so they see him as like a god. I mean, if you're if you're being sacrificed the way they're being sacrificed, like, you have to and see you're, your leader. You're talking about some, like, feudal Japan era, like, death ninja samurai looking guy. And, and yeah. you're saying, well, he's the best friend. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Well, they don't even know what he looks like at this point. They've never met him. Right, which is even worse. Like, they're talking, oh, we could be (laughs) friends. And this this guy knows how Shredder looks, so he's like, oh, there's no fucking way I'm letting this go. (laughs) I got a kick out of it. Uh, And then you have them meet the Ghost Boys, where Karai is trying to get the leader to go meet Shredder and, you know, pretty much get all the gangs to follow suit. And she's trying to get her to, she's threatening her to submit. Yeah, which doesn't work out too well. We'll see why in a second. And this is how stupid these two characters are. So Bebop and Rocksteady are standing outside with a bunch of the Ghost Boys guards, and they do the stupid thing like, "Look what's on your face! Look what's you know, look what's here!" They point you know, point to someone's chest and then hit him in the nose. Except in this case, they're you know, super powerful. Yeah, and breaks the guy's nose. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just start fighting. Like uh, I found this funny when they just really they just start beating the shit out of everybody. Well, this is a. A display of, of their strength, even to them. Like, they they weren't aware just how strong they were. I'm sure they felt strong, but to actually, like, uppercut a guy across, like, a football field, as we can <laughs> see in this panel, and out of the window, like, I, they didn't probably know they were that damn strong. It's a good, it's a bunch of really good panels. 
It is. It's it, it's completely ridiculous, but it's also terrifying at the same time. Yeah. And then like the ghost boys, because you have Karai in them, or you know she's having the meeting. When she comes out from the meeting, they hear all this noise. They're just bebop and rock the only people standing with guns, and they're like, "Oh, they started it." <laughs> yeah, and you know what's not well? Yeah, they're compulsive liars, but at the same time, they think that. I, I think they genuinely think that they did start it like the other side <laughs> in this case, because they were just playing around <laughs> freaking noses. Cause they're just that stupid. Yeah. But this is where you get to see some of the power. Like you see Rockste- uh, Rocksteady try to, I think he tried to, yeah, he tackles a guy that's trying to shoot him and just bumbrushes him to a wall. And you know, he's dead. There's no, come oh, that guys, that guy is like paste. <laughs> yes. That. There's, there's no coming back from that one. You know, you get shoved into a wall I'm pretty sure you're dead. Well, with that kind of force, yes. I yeah. mean, you're you're talking about like a, let's say a a wrecking ball with legs coming at you. <laughs> you're not going to be Might okay. I would estimate no. Not a doctor, but <laughs> <laughs> again, it's a really good scene. <laughs> and then this, I, I it, did like hear that Rocksteady tried to use his head for a second. He was like literally use his head for a second and cut her off and go through the walls. I thought that was actually kind of smart. There was until <laughs> until he misses her <laughs> that and what happens to the damn building afterward. <laughs> I mean, they are cool. Like just like the, just the panels of seeing him run through all the different, you know, walls trying to get to her and cut her off. It's just like a goofy ass cartoon. It is. Look at as Bebop behind him with his arms outstretched, trying to chase him as, as best he can. So stupid. Uh, and then you, you have an image where they're getting shot up by the ghost boys and they turn around. And that's one of the panels that looks like straight out of a whore. Right. Just the I, I look of his face. Exactly the one you were talking about, because that is absolutely horrifying. If I was there, those ghost boys, I would have a loaf of, loaf of shit in my white pants. <laughs> I mean, right at that moment. and just the way that they made these two dumbass characters, joke characters, in my opinion, you know, before into something so like they're terrifying in, in these comics, in these issues. And I'm glad they didn't make them too serious. I'm glad they made them still stupid in a, in a very funny way, a more evolved way than than what they had in the '87 cartoon. They're not; they're kind of bumbling buffoons, but in a very like the consequences are very real for how stupid they are for everybody around them, not just yeah. them, but people around them because they're almost damn near invulnerable. Bebop's getting shot in the back at least four times, and he's fine. And, and all he's going to do is regenerate. It's very cool to see how powerful they are. Because I don't think we get that often, and I, I got—I definitely enjoyed seeing that in, in this. You get it in some of the games. There was a PS4 game that came out some years ago where you kind of get to see that power and, and just how deadly they can be. But you don't get to see it enough. And in IDW, they actually pulled it off. Are you are you talking about the Platinum game for Turtles? Uh, that is the one I'm talking about. Okay, yes. never played it. I own it, but never played it. So. <laughs> no. I still have it, but I don't. I don't have a PS4 anymore. Oh. <laughs> Okay, I sold PS4. And then you have, so the the leader of the Ghost Boys gets outside the building, like you were talking about, where they're like, oh, God, the cops, what are we going to do? And the whole building just falls apart, killing her and everybody else for the Ghost Boys. So yeah. I thought I thought that was cool, like that everyone just dies, and they're like, we killed everybody. They well, just that, run away through like, the cop man. cars. Just, they're like big, mutated, dumb children that, that mm-hmm. have real consequences to their very very stupid actions and people die because of it yeah in which you see like later on bebop and rocksteady especially in one specific arc that i keep thinking about and i really want you to read through 
they're they're one of the main points in it. It's very good. We'll definitely we ain't gonna stop as long as you're up for recording about these. I will go through the all the way up to wherever the hell we end up. So, hey, it's it's fine with me because I would love to recap some of the stuff that I completely forgot about. <laughs> And then you have, so you have Bebop and Rocksteady, they end up running to a trainer. They're like, cry, you know, she, we killed her. They're like, we'll tell Shredder that she betrayed him. Yeah, we'll, we'll be his best friends. And then they get, they find out that Karai's not dead and the foot show up. And she just like, okay, you know, you guys are useless. I'm going to just cut my losses and kill you. And they get, they get attacked by all these foot soldiers. And you just see a whole like two page spread of them just beating the shit out of them. And there's one panel with them covered in blood with swords and stuff sticking out of them. And they're okay. <laughs> like they're yeah, alive. They, absolutely, they demolished these trained warriors. Yeah. They obliterated these trained warriors. And now you see why they were trying to pick up more foot soldiers earlier in the series. The Karai issue, because they're just, they're just wasting them. And if you look at Karai, like she's standing there face to face with these things. And you almost think like, damn, she didn't flee. Is this the time to go? And she takes care of business, fearless. Yeah, she's a great character. She is, and she's very much Shredder's family line. You, 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 it's there's anybody close to being who Shredder was, it's going to be her. And I'm happy that her father, her her grandfather, in this case, is in Utram. So that makes me happy too. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. He, I'm glad that Shredder's not an Utram. I'm so glad. <laughs> much as I love that 2003 cartoon, I'm glad it's not an Utram. So. And the way that she beat, beats them is she shoves, she shoves a clip into Rocksteady's mouth, puts a sword up to it, and says something about, if you don't do what I say, like, I'll kill you. I'm not sure what she's going to do. She's going to, but I guess. She yeah. was probably going to put that sword down his damn throat. Oh, that would probably do the trick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she, she went the right route with that one. And that's what leads to them then, you know, being submissive to her and be like, okay, she's like, you can stay. You just, you know, you work for me and do what I say type of thing or something like that. And then you for the last part of this, you see them back at their at their old apartment and they just they're laughing about how, how lucky they are, then they destroy the place. <laughs> yep. Good way to end it. As they yeah. laugh about it, hysterically. It was good. Good way to end it. And then that brings us to issue twenty seven, which we have to talk about this cover, where you have the Hun on the cover, Shredder and the Turtles, all the Leo just fighting. And that those looks really cool. And this is almost the end of City Fall. This is when I think when things I I feel like this is these two last books shit hit the fan. Like I when I read this the first time, I couldn't stop. I had like even though I was like, OK, I'm going to be done for that. No, I got to read the next issue. I had to finish this because it was just too much, too good. Some good stuff. Yeah. This is where you have Mikey's been working with his buddy Woody from the from the pizza place. And they're delivering pizzas to random like gangsters that he delivered to before to see if they get information. And I well, I like this. It's, it was a long shot. It was, I, I guess, like, Mikey's not a, a very logical guy, not the brightest guy. So for him to just take a shot in the dark and, and go along with his plan, and Woody's the same person, just human, <laughs> and and they, and it actually actually pays off, worked out well for him. The part where they come into the, and he comes to the building, the guy's like, why are you, why are, why are you a turtle? He's like, it's a costume. <laughs> yep. I like It's that. a damn good costume, if that's the case. <laughs> And the guy's like, all right, we didn't order pizza. We'll take it. Okay, Mikey's turtle pizza where you always get a shell of a deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, Even though it clearly says Rupert's on the box. Yeah. Well, and then the guy's like, okay, well, you know, he puts a gun on him. Okay, we'll take we'll take the pizza, you know, for free. And then he just punches him in the face with it. He's like, on the house? How about on the face? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. It made me laugh. And then Mikey just beats the shit out of people and find this is where he finds out about the Shredder meeting. You have a small scene with Angel confronting the Hun again at the Purple Dragons and... He's going to kill her, but then this is when the Shredder tells him that, you know, they have to show up 
or be killed, and then everybody votes to go <clears> with the hunt, which makes sense. It definitely makes sense that the gangsters would follow the big, tough, the rock wannabe versus the woman. So, you know. Right. I mean, makes sense. survival of the fittest in this case. Yeah. Plus, I mean, they're they're not exactly good people. <laughs> you know? Or the brightest in most cases. No. So it makes sense. And this, you know, with the hunt, they're probably making a lot more money because, you know, they're now doing more crime. So they're, you know, mm-hmm. they have more of an income, like, you know. They're going to follow the guy that's bringing them more money, not. Well, you know, and, that, and that's what he bribes them with. So yeah. do you want to follow Angel and those dirty, filthy turtles, or do you want to make some really good money and stick with me? And it, as much as drug documentaries I have watched, that completely fits. Makes sense. I watch a lot of drug documentaries, by the way. I, <laughs> I just really like podcast on You and Sheila could do a podcast on that because she won't stop watching shit like that either. <laughs> <laughs> But and then you have a small scene where Leo is trying out the the gauntlet, and this is but they make comment about how smart April is, com, you know, compared to the rest of them. So I like that. Yeah, I think Raph was just really like pulling Donnie's chain on this one. I, I mean, <laughs> th- they're probably comparable in intelligence, but yeah, I think because Donnie's like one of the top main characters, I got to give him that slight edge. But, well, yeah, but Donnie's she's humble. Oh, uh, April's got to be, if not the smartest person in almost every room she's in, at least the next smartest, especially when you're talking Donnie. So, so and then you have Michelangelo show up and tell him, you know, he found out where they are, which then leads to Splinter telling him it's time for them to go do it. And you have an interesting flash or dream where Leo is seeing the dream of how the turtles were killed, except they're all turtles. His brothers are, and then they're all being killed by the shredder. And, you know, and his mother is, to me, it felt like his mother was trying to get to him and, you know, change the brainwashing. That is exactly what's happening. So whether okay. it is her, actually her, or just his his inner morality starting to spark and his real true personality coming to light, they don't really clarify. But I will tell you that this isn't the only time that the turtles deal with the mamas in this kind of way. Okay, so it, cool. it might actually be be real. But they, I think the writers intentionally want you to try to like interpret that on your own. Yeah. Okay. I like that. And I also like how he cries out mother and then Karai comes because, you know, he's having a bad dream. Well, she hates him, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, she has complete reason to hate him because, you know, he, I mean, that's what Shredder's up to. Shredder purposely put him in that situation so she would hate him. She hates nobody more than Leo right now. Yeah, because Leo took over what should be hers. And Shredder's a manipulative piece of shit. So, I mean, he is. Shredder's terrible. Yeah, uh, that's. That's just who he is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad. I'm not saying he's like you know, yeah. a, a bad written character. You know, he's a great written character. He's just a piece of shit character. And that's why the writing's so good. Yeah. They, they make him <laughs> not... such a piece of shit. <laughs> that's odd. I just the manipulative part because like you, you really see it at the. I don't know if I'm at the end of this or in the Shredder thing we're gonna talk about after this, but it's definitely coming up. And this is then where you have the group with Hob and they're loading all these weapons on, on the back of the truck and the van is fixed miraculously from secret history of the foot. So that's cool. Oh yeah, it is. It doesn't even look damaged. No. And this is when April then tells Casey that they're, that they're going to go attack, you know, they're going to go get Leo back pretty much. And then you have a small scene with Alpex talking to Kit- Kitsune. And this is again, where I feel like Kitsune is sowing the seeds that will lead to Shredder's demise because Alopax, even though like we did read the miniseries with her and you see the start where she's like, you know, I'm going to kill Shredder someday. Kitsune is also planting that seed, too, here. Well, there's a seed here for also how Alopex will, will eventually evolve into some of her own storylines, too. So you'll see more of that, too. This is kind of a 
a little bit of a foreshadowing for her. Okay. Because well, what Kitsune's line is near the end of this little section is, know this, Alapax, we, we foxes must be both sly and cautious for treachery lurks around every corner. We must we must always know when to watch and when to act. And I and, and I she, feel like she hesitates when she says that, and yeah, that kind of indicates to us that, and even Alopex that, yeah, you kind of know what you're up to, <laughs> you know. So be smart about it in in less words. Yeah, and I feel like Kitsune is doesn't give a shit about Treader. She's just using him. I really believe that. I can't wait to see where this goes. I'm excited. <laughs> And, and then this is where you have Angel shows up to Casey Jones, brings him his old mask that fell off in the early part yeah, of his arc. To match his old ass flip phone that he has in his hands. <laughs> I did find that kind of funny. I mean, it's this this came out, what, probably 2015, 16? No, this is 2013. I can tell yes. you shortly if you want to keep talking. 2013. Because if, as you see, April has her smartphone already. Yeah. So well, I don't know if that's kind of like a play on Casey's like financial situation or he's got like a government you know, flip phone. <laughs> but I think that's kind of what they're going for. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got some. So then you, you have them. So the next scene cuts. To, so Casey and Angel are going to go help the turtles. It cuts to the theater where all the all the goons are at that are going to go meet with Shredder. And you have the turtles are gearing up and they're also heading to the theater. And you have a small, you have, this is where you see Shredder standing in this abandoned theater with Leo on one side, the Savante guy, you know, on his knees, they're going to kill him. And in the audience, hmm? Heisenberg. (laughs) Okay. I was just going to, you see Heisenberg, you see, looks like Storm from X-Men. You have the Warriors in the background. (laughs) Yep. I I Um, really got a kick out of this. The guy next to Heisenberg is also supposed to be Jesse, as we'll see in further panels. I got a. I just thought that was hilarious that they did that. You know, they just threw him in there. I forgot about it until I reread this. I was like, oh, man, I completely forgot that was in here. I mean, it's 100. Well, I mean, 2013, I don't remember when Breaking Bad finishes, but it would have been big in the zeitgeist at the time. At the, you know, this time, for sure. I, th- I want to say at this time, it was probably winding down, but I don't remember when they fully ended. I mean, I know when I watched it, it was already over, so I can't remember. I'm looking this up as we talk. But we'll see if I can figure it out. But yeah, I just thought it was just funny that it had that. I was like, wait a second. I'm like, that's 100 percent Heisenberg. That was great. I loved it. 2013 is the last season of well, Breaking Bad. <laughs> so, yeah. so it was definitely yeah. It's it was up there at the time. Yeah, this would have been at the end of it, right when they're releasing the last few episodes. Then I mean, at, at that year, I was actually wearing because I, I I remember we were. I think everybody was waiting for final season to come out. I had a couple like Breaking Bad related like shirts like. Mario in like a hazmat suit <laughs> with all this like things from the show. Like it was, it was funny as hell, and people would see me wearing that out in public and say something about it because the show was so big at the time. Oh yeah, it was huge. I I've been meaning to rewatch it because Tiff has been like, we should watch it. I'm like, we can if you want. Like I haven't seen it in years. I'll watch it again. She's never seen it. No, she never saw it. Oh, she needs to be on that. Yeah, yeah but I got I it. convinced her to start Star Trek with me, so I can't throw that up. She's willing to watch the whole watch Star Trek with me for the first time. So yeah, I suppose that's more important to me <laughs> than Breaking Bad, even though Breaking Bad might be better. But yeah, we're we're gonna stick with the classic. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Trekkie, hundred percent. So and then this is where the Savante guy is finally killed, gets his head chopped off, which he deserves for sucking. Oh man, that that to me symbolizes the end of such a shitty group of characters. <laughs> Again, when I first saw them, I really thought they were going to be a thorn in the foot side. Like, they were going to be the opposite of the foot. 
that hurt them, you know, and fought them throughout this comic series and they ended up just being nothing, just to be, they were just thrown away in this art. fodder, yeah, I mean, pointless. That's why it bothers me so much, because they just, it didn't seem like they were, they served a purpose. But by them, ki- by him killing, by Shredder killing Victor, this is kind of what really makes Leo start to see the light, in a way. He's, the brainwashing is starting to go away. I mean, I think it helps that at the same time that happens, shortly after that, you have Hob shoot a rocket launcher at a car, and they start attacking. Well, and it doesn't Donald- help that <laughs> Shredder has this fetish of cutting people's heads off while they're on their knees, and Leo has been through that already. Literally. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, on the receiving end. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, and then the images he sees when he's dreaming, is this, this image in front of him right now is just really not helping the, the case. You think that over years you would change up the way you kill somebody, but I guess cutting off somebody's head, I mean, especially in J- Japan, was very much of a thing in the feudal Japan. It was very, because they used to keep their heads, too, put them on spikes and stuff. I mean, that was, feudal Japan is fucking, like, vicious. I once watched a documentary about, God, what the hell is the, Nobunaga, about him. Yeah. Except in this version, he didn't get hit by an arrow and then come back from the dead and raise a demon army or anything like that. That didn't happen in the real life story. But uh-huh. <laughs> it's very, very good. And he also was killed by his own people. Because he got too powerful, and he pit, and one of his, I think he was going to kill, or he, I forget the exact reason, but he did something that really pissed off one of his generals or lieutenants, and he took his head instead. Yeah. Word of the wise, when you're a warlord, don't kill your, uh, your people's family. It doesn't work out well for you. I don't think so. I don't remember exactly what he did, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely, it's, it's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, for any warlords listening to this podcast. Hey, there's a, whole, down, <laughs> there's a whole documentary about how to be a dictator on Netflix that I watched once that talks about the ones that all have failed and a word to the wise. Almost every dictator gets their head chopped off at some point or hung or murdered and brutally by their people. Almost every single one. Very yeah. few of them die of natural causes. There's your fun, fun fact for the day. So <laughs> you have Leo ta- or not Leo Donatello tosses a car through the building. That's how they get into the building. At the same time you have Raphael, Michelangelo, Donatello, Splinter, they go inside Hob and Slash stay outside and just fight. I mean, Slash is just beating the shit out of people with a pipe. <laughs> yeah, Slash has absolutely no problems out here. They're shooting the hell out of this guy. Yeah, he don't care. His bullets are, are bouncing off of him. He's just probably having the time of his life. He has no threat. I don't even <laughs> think he sustains real any real damage throughout this whole conflict. No, I don't think so either. And then Hunt takes a, a damn machine gun from what looks like a teenager <laughs> and then shoots uh, Hob in the leg. Uh, yeah, and I mean, because Hobby, you know, he doesn't have unbreakable skin or anything. Mm-mm. And then you see Hun is about to shoot Slash, and this is when Casey Jones shows up, even though I don't think the gun wouldn't hurt him. But the having Casey Jones and Angel fight the Hun makes perfect sense, you know, in this. Like, and, and this arc jumps back and forth, back and forth in this issue of Casey Jones, the Hun fighting, you have Shredder and the Turtles fighting. Like, there's a lot of stuff all going on at once. Well, okay, maybe it's more of the next issue because I just scrolled down. It isn't much of this issue, so <laughs> they're just starting to fight, and they're you know they're trying to get Leo to 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 come to his senses. And you have a and this is and then Karai shoots Donatello's gauntlet. You know he the levitating thing with an arrow, which then puts it out of commission. So I and then she shows up and she has two idiots with her, Rocksteady and Bebop, who looks fucking menacing in this. Yeah, they look very intimidating in this shot. And he has a chain. Whenever I and seeing Bebop with a chainsaw, all I all I could think of that is supposed to be a reference to Scarface. I don't know. That's what went through my head. I I, I don't know if that's what they're going for, but yeah, probably not. You know. It's just because when I think of a chainsaw, I think of Scarface. Right. In this type of situation, 
hey, I mean, these guys are in the same line of work, so. Yeah, and then <laughs> Rocksteady has a little, looks like looks like a little sledgehammer in his hands compared to him, it looks tiny. Oh, yeah, that shit's actually bigger than Karai. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't think he needs sledgehammer. I think he should have, like, a giant club. He should like, have like Havel's arms tooth. are already bigger than That's what he should have. Karai is. Should he should have, have Havel's weapon from Dark Souls, that big giant dragon's tooth thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> then it would be fitting. That, that that fucker. When I first played Dark Souls, that fucker killed me so many times before I finally got him. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? I actually don't remember, no. Oh, in Dark Souls 1, early on, for those listening, you go to a tower. If you go all the way to the bottom of the tower, you don't need to go to. There's a guy, a, like a knight, with a big fucking club. And he will beat the shit out of you. One hit kill, if you don't dodge. <laughs> so, one hit kill, much later in the game, too. And then this brings us to our last issue of City Fall. Not the last issue we're going to talk about in this episode, but the last issue of City Fall. And the cover is just Shredder. And it's really, really cool. Yeah, that's a good... Uh, to me, that's kind of almost like a throwback to the Mirage Shredder. That looks very much so like him. Anytime he takes the cape off, this iteration it reminds me of that Mirage Shredder. Yeah, I'll agree. No, it, it definitely is a, is a good is a good look. And because in the end, you had Brock and Bebop, we said show up. And then when this starts off, they just you just see them beating the shit out of the turtle. Like oh, they're yeah, just they're tossing just, them through walls. They're just... Getting slammed against something, every single one of them. Uh huh. Because again, I mean, these are just so powerful. These two characters, and this is when you have uh, Casey Jones fighting the Hun, and he smacks him in the face with a baseball bat, and I think he breaks it on it, breaks it on him at one point throughout this too in this fight. When he when Arnold blocks it or Hun blocks it, okay, right, that's when that's when it snaps. Yeah, but he, as you see, this is Casey's dad, right? He goes for a home run on his face. Like his whole form, everything. That's like a home uh-huh. run kind of swing. And he <laughs> lifts Hunt off his damn feet again. You're talking about like a 300 pounder. Yeah. A hell of a lot of force. <laughs> He's trying to kill him. Anybody, pretty much. I mean, anybody else would have had, a, if not died, they would have had your concussion, broken jaw. I mean, Hun's just getting up, bleeding a little bit, but he's he's kind of fine. He's still talking. <laughs> because, the you know, this shows you what the mutant did to him. It didn't just de-age him. It made him into a fucking monster, essentially. It did. It definitely did. So, and this is also when you have the turtles are fighting Bebop and Rocksteady, and you see them, <laughs> like, you see them struggling for most of this fight. Like, they are not winning. There's just not much they can do at this point. I mean, they're, no. these guys are, are huge. I mean, with Leo's around, they can coordinate better. Yeah, I think nobody's calling the shots here with them either. Yeah, I'm sure they're capable on their own of kind of figuring some shit out. But nobody's calling the shots. And at this point, you probably need some sharper weapons to try to get through <laughs> what, what their skin is made out of. A bow staff and nunchucks aren't going to be doing too much. I mean, Michelangelo here kind of has a fair shot on Rock's balls here, but... <laughs> I mean, that's probably about it, though. That's about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that would work, though. I, mean, I doubt those are that strong. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and then, so I, I got to ask you this. So when April shows up wearing the gauntlet and she pretty much, you know, phases out of... Because she's in stealth. Have you seen Ant-Man the Wasp? I have, yeah. Okay, I all I could think of was Ghost. All I could think of when I saw this scene. I, no, I, I completely, yeah. I thought of it too when I first read this. Same thing. But that cloak, even that fucking thing has a role later on in the in the uh, comics. Okay, cool. And for the record, Ant-Man and the Wasp came out in 2018, but the Ghost character in Marvel comes out in like the 70s or 80s. So that's well, I, I didn't watch uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp until much later. So Good movie. I mean, I, I mean, I, this comic I didn't read till much later. I didn't read this when it first came out. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's just cool. I like seeing that, and I, I look forward to hear, hearing more of that. This is where you have Shredder then gets mad at Leo because Leo isn't doing anything. He's just like, "Where is Mother?" Because again, it, it's starting to wear off. So I, I like that. 
And this is when Splinter shows up and says, you know, don't touch my son. Yeah, because Shredder has a, a habit of using kids that aren't his, apparently. I mean, he has a habit of abusing people in general. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a terrible person. So, yeah, that's what I got. He's just a terrible ass person. And I look forward to reading more because I'm pretty sure based on the fact there's a miniseries called Shredder in Hell, he dies at some point. So, but <laughs> that's my assumption. I can't wait. <laughs> so, and this is where you have then the Hun is about to kill Angel, even though Angel is the daughter of his best friend. He's going to kill her. Yeah. You know, he, 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 I mean, he, he slams her to the ground, which should give her a concussion. She should be done right there. I mean, if that kind of muscle slams her head into concrete, you're dead already, in my opinion, in real life. Not in this. He's going to finish it off by treating her like a vampire and stabbing her with a stake. So, <laughs> uh, and then Hob comes to the rescue because Hob shoots him in the shoulder and then Casey Jones just slams into him. And, oh, and then the, and Slash comes up and just picks him up like nothing, just punches him well, in the face. Look, look at how that's done, too, because Hun picks Casey up like he's nothing. And mm-hmm. then Slash comes by and picks him up like he's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a good way to do it. And then you have Casey Jones be like, oh, I broke my stitches. And Angel's, you know, like, mad at him. And, Hun is just knocked out and then done after this part. But it's it's really good. And then you see Splinter and Shredder fighting, and Leo tries to go save Shredder, and, and then Raphael stops him, which I like that, too, a lot. Yeah. I like seeing them fight where Raphael's like, you know, you're not in your sense. Otherwise, you would be able to beat me. You wouldn't fall yeah, for this act, trick. Yeah. Really good. What I, gets me is that Shredder actually gets the best of, of Splinter here. Anger. Splinter yeah, isn't himself. So. Splinter is... Oh. angry that his son has been taken from him. He's he doesn't understand what happened. Like none of them understand how he got brainwashed. I don't think they realize, even though I know Splinter is aware of Kitsune, I don't think he grasped what actually happened. Yeah. He, I, he would, uh, he would have mentioned it by now if he had any indication of what was really going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he gets his ass handed to him by Splinter. I mean, by, by Shredder, he gets his leg broken. Shredder break. I mean, he stabs right into his leg and I, I'm assuming breaks it. If not, Almost cuts the fucker off. So, and it's, oh yeah, he he breaks the hell out of it. Yeah, and it's only when that happens that Alopac saves them because Alopac jumps up and attacks Shredder, and you see her seeing Shredder as the bear. And, and I'm assuming yeah, this because he's saying the word because he said the word family. And oh. she's waiting for the moment to strike anyway. And in this big melee chaos, and with him saying that, it it caused her to just lose her shit again. Yeah, and I also think Kitsune planted that seed even more so than that miniseries. Well, yeah, I mean, when, when she said your time to wait for your time to strike, I mean, this again, being that this is such a huge melee and people are distracted, she can maybe do what she needs to do. I mean, it doesn't unfortunately it doesn't work out for her because she gets shot in the shoulder by Karai, calls her a traitorous cur. <laughs> yeah, I do like that. And during this whole time, you see that April's been fending off Rock City and Bebop with her gauntlet like she's the one that's keeping them busy. <laughs> they can't out of battery. Yeah, I thought that was cool, too, to have her being the one that's, you know, keeping them at bay. And then it ends up the whole scene of them, you know, they get Leo because Raphael is able to talk sense into him, kind of, you know, he's not all right. Slash breaks a hole in the wall for them and they just run out and jump in the truck with Hob driving. Well, I and, think it was uh, important for like when Donnie was using it and he lifted up a car with the thing. So that lets you see just how strong those gauntlets are. So for her to hold them back isn't, you know, far fetched or anything. Yeah. Because you're already introduced to how powerful they are. Yeah. And I like how they're chasing after them. Like, they would have caught that truck, but Hobbs like, here you go, and he just throws a grenade out the window. <laughs> oh, yep. <laughs> I, I really like that. And then the so, like, thing I, that Rock City... As, as Hob goes on, it's, he's not a horrible character. He's a complete asshole. <laughs> but he's not always that bad. He's going to be that kind, though. He's, he's that kind of 
anti-hero. Well, he's like a, a, a goddamn venom on that. Sometimes he's your enemy, sometimes he's not. He's growing on me. That's for sure. And I do like the last thing you see of Rocksteady here, Rocksteady and Bebop, because they got blown up by the grenade. They're like, we still going to get a paycheck? Yeah. <laughs> and then this is where you then see Shredder with a bunch of the Savante people bringing him money. What's left of the Savante people, the mafia bosses or whoever they are. French mafia, fake mafia. Yeah, and this is where I feel that Shredder is lying to Karai, where he tells Karai, she's like, you know, you, you betrayed me, you know, kind of. You went behind my back and you, you know, made these mutants. And he's like, you are my tune in. All this was a test. And I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe he so, went through all that work to get Kitsune to get Leo just to test Karai. So I, the only, and this kind of, it kind of helped for me for him to say that because without that explanation, I felt like getting Leo and brainwashing them and, and especially if it isn't like like it's possible to break like i felt like it was a waste of time anyway so for him it was to have multiple i felt like for him to have multiple like ambitions or motivations towards turning leo i thought better and smarter being the character that he is now is it solely was it solely just to test cry probably not but was it is that part of it possibly I I took it more as he had wanted to use Leo because Leo is a, is a better fighter, but because it failed, then he was using Karai. Because I feel like he's using somebody at all times. So you got to think of this too, because yeah, Shredder could have used Leo and, and to his bidding, but then he, it's always that flawed mechanism of Leo, you know, possibly breaking out of it, whatever is brainwashing. He's not willingly doing it, so he's got to fight with that. You got to upkeep that now. Wouldn't it have been more effective? All right, we kidnapped a turtle, one of our mortal enemies up to this point. Let's just eliminate him and kill his son once again. Because he wanted to, he also mentions that he wanted to screw with Tomato Yoshi on top of that. Which he did. So he did. He played mind games. Wouldn't killing Leo just been more effective? And if Karai was already practically ready for, for that position. It just feels like a very manipulation thing of him using how things worked out in the end in his favor. I feel like so that it, it, the, the writing case for, for Leo to turn when he did, they still didn't justify it well enough by the end of this arc. No, I, I think he really thought Leo would be the right second in command for him. And it just didn't work out. And then Karai was all he had left. I guess so, yeah. I also think he takes Karai for vantage. For, uh, not, I didn't say that right. He takes her for, what the hell is the word I want? He takes advantage Granted, of her. He takes her, yeah, that takes, takes, takes her for granted too. Like he doesn't see her as much as he should, as you found out in the mini, you know, in the in the one shot, she brought him back. You know, she's right. very he powerful and capable. Yeah, he's she's very capable. I mean, she brought the foot into what the foot is now, but he's too stuck up and too, you know, pigheaded in a way that like, all he thinks about is himself, and he doesn't. He only thinks he's the only one capable of doing anything in this world because he's just, you know, grander. Like that's what he thinks, and and I think this is also the ending of this arc. I mean, essentially, Shredder won. They took over the city. You see, you know, all the turtles are getting into a van to drive off with Casey and April to a farm because they can't be here anymore because they know they're being hunted. You have Splinter tries to touch Leo and Leo kind of freaks out and he gives his his gauntlet thingy he was that Shredder gave him and the bandana to Slash, which I thought was cool. So you got you to think of this. There's two rival gangs, bigger rival gangs that are now eliminated. Sabate is dead. Ghost Boys are done. His biggest enemy is now fled like you said to northampton yeah that, he knows that but they fled the, the city and now he has more firepower than ever with bebop and rocksteady he, he possibly proved that 
Karai is, is who she needs to be and as ruthless as he is. I mean, there's a win in every column for a shredder by the end of this. Mm-hmm. He, he absolutely lost nothing. Alopex, mm-hmm. that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. You got Bebop and Rocksteady for Alopex? I, why not? <laughs> yeah, much better. Much better for him. Oh, it was. Yeah, and that brings us to the last issue we're going to talk about. So did you get a chance to read the Shredder one also? Yeah, I didn't. Okay. This is my least favorite of everything that we read, except it's a, this to me is also the last part of City Fall, really, because it, it kind of wraps up like a little bit of what happened where it talks about, yeah, you know, we own the city now and people try to, you know, go against us and we just murder them. <laughs> so, right. And it's very good of, I think it's Kitsune that, you know, asked Shredder what happened to him, you know, why he's acting the way he is. And he talks about how he died essentially and went to hell. Well, she brings it up because he avoids the topic of him oh, being yeah. resurrected. And she's like, well, why do you keep avoiding that topic? And then he's like, all right, well, since you're asking, here we go. I, this is, it's a cool concept, but this is my least favorite of the stuff we read. Because it really, I mean, I do like how, you know, he's in hell and you've seen all these other warriors and the people he's fighting. Like you have a soldier that fought in Japan in World War II. You have a colonial soldier from the Civil War, American Civil War. You have a lot of really interesting things they drew of all these people he's fighting. I did like that. I mean, the whole idea is just him, you know, fighting zombies. This just reminds me of like Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah. The whole the whole issue. That's a good way to put it. I mean, there's not a whole lot to it. It's just him fighting, you know, fighting these armies and getting an army to fight demons. And then he goes in the demon stronghold to kill the leader. And when he kills the leader and takes over, when the mask falls off, it's him. And it's him as an old man. The Yeah, the, the kid or demon takes it off and. Then he explains to him. You know, time is, doesn't work that way. Yeah, time isn't linear here. This is you in the future, but present. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. But Shredder's, again, anytime he looks at an obstacle or situation, he wants to conquer it and overcome it. And even this one that he doesn't necessarily need to deal with, chooses to want to conquer it anyway. Yeah. Also, that kid really reminded me of the Skull Kid from Majora's Mask. Yeah, I thought the same. Just did. Just the same, like, not look, but just the same way he acts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and then you have, like, a whole... He tells Shredder, like, you will lead armies, you will conquer the world, and then you will destroy it. And then you will die as all men do, no matter how powerful they think they are. I'm guessing that part doesn't happen, where he doesn't destroy the world. So, I look forward to reading more comics. So. But it, it's kind of cool to kind of, like, show you what's troubling Shredder, and where he dealt, he leaves off the part because he has that dream every single every single night. He sees, you know... The man he, you know, himself when he kills himself. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I thought that was it's interesting, but it's just, it was just my least favorite of this whole thing. But that, but it's still not bad at all. I mean, it felt like for to have a a villain micro to where they focus solely on that character, it was a little more throwaway than yeah. some of the others. But then you got to think of this, right? Like Hun and and some of the other guys they had, a, or even Hob, they had backstories to tell that weren't told before shredder. We know his entire backstory by now. Yeah. So this is one of those parts that we really didn't know. I mean, in the writer's room, they're probably like, well, how can we cover a shredder micro? Like, what are we going to actually cover? We know, we know his history. Like, what about when he was dead? When he, when he was in that ooze for all that time, so let's do that. So, I mean, it kind of like running out of options and they did the best they could, but I think what they had left. That makes sense. That's a good way to put it though. And it fits with their, you know, it fits. All right. And that brings us yeah, to our, I, could, could it have been a little more exciting? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It was, it was okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And that brings us to our last segment, 
a shelf stacker box? And I'll go first. I'm just going to rate this because in my opinion, all this is essentially one thing. It's really just one one series. It's not even the even the, all the villain micro series pretty much all connect to this. So I consider it just for the rating system. We're just doing one thing. I'm going to put the whole city fall arc on the shelf. This was by far the best <laughs> thing we read so far of TMT. This was fucking amazing. So going on the shelf and I'm so glad I read it. And I can't wait to read more. And what about you? Well, I, I think at the end of the day, I got to shelve it. It has its flaws. As we kind of discussed as we went through, I, I didn't enjoy all the writing in it but at the same time i think it's a damn good arc and uh one of the more serious kind of like more like consequential ones that that we're, we've run up to it until this point so yeah i felt it okay i can't wait to some of the stuff that comes up later so <laughs> oh yeah i'm i'm excited and if you enjoyed this go check out our other tmt we have been doing a bunch of other tmt comics up to this so definitely go check all those out we have a few TMT movie episodes you go find. I don't feel like reading them right now, but go find them in our in our giant catalog. They are in there. You can find every every episode we've done on Podbean. So definitely go scroll through our giant catalog and find out what you're looking for. There's tons of content that we have created. I uh, want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Fear. You can follow her on TikTok. And also, if you want to support the show, we do have a Patreon. You'll see a link in the show notes for a little dollar. You can vote in our Patreon polls. So please go do that. If you want to chat with us, you can join our Discord. You'll see a link in the show notes for our Discord, too. I uh, want to give a shout out to my buddy, Bill Tucker, who did the MCU movies with me. He started his own podcast, Gamer Looks at 40. Definitely go check him out. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. Audio only, but we are on YouTube. I think that's everything I need to say, so we will see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye now. <laughs>